Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. Thanks for listening and, and checking out this podcast. Uh, today I sat down with a good friend of mine, Joey Denbutter, who is also part of the indie rock group Dakota Mill. Over the last year they've been putting out some singles to foreshadow the release of their upcoming full-length album. I guess it would be their debut full-length. They've done a few EPs in the past. But the latest single is called Nonsense and you can check that out on all streaming platforms. We got together a couple weeks ago. It was shortly after they put out the song. So I wanted to talk about how he put it together um, and how they sort of developed develop this sound for their their upcoming album and how they kind of piece things together as a duo um, and then you know add all the rest of the instrumentation and all that good stuff. Joey's a killer uh, instrumentalist and musician so he also runs a home studio where he produces and records other bands but he also does some audio engineering work for podcasts and other things like that so check out his stuff and get in touch with Joey if you have a project that you need some help with or some music that you need some help producing. Recently, Joey and I also got together with the Kitchener-based media company Canadian Daydream to shoot an acoustic video for my latest single, Northern Lights. So Joey's featured on that, playing some keys and singing some harmonies, and that's on YouTube now, and you can check that out through my Instagram. And remember that you can leave a review for this podcast or a rating on it, and that really helps other people find it as well. All right, let's jump into it. Today is November 1st, um, and you are, I guess, six days off the, the hop of putting out your... Is it the second EP with Dakota Mill? Um, well, it is almost in an EP structure at the moment, but uh, this is actually all leading up to our first album release. So our first full-length album. In the past, we have done three, I believe, previous EPs. And then um, now we're doing a full-length album. It all kind of was one of those weird just happened to fall into place during covid time recording things um and um yeah we just happened to have a collection a, a good group of collection of songs and um now we are essentially releasing singles until we release the full length so it's now actually at the this point we've released i think this is our fifth single uh so it almost looks like it's just an ep at the moment right yeah. and the the latest release from that was nonsense nonsense yes okay okay so then the whole how many songs will the ep have on, how many are still unreleased um i think it's 13 with, oh, sweet. but one of them is like i mean it is still a song but it's actually more of a spoken word um it was a funny situation where uh so brayden the lead singer and i uh we lived together for about three and a half years in hamilton and uh we play music all the time and then uh, one day I was just sitting at the piano and I uh, I had this like melody in my head and I it was kind of like it, to me it felt like a very um, almost um, like sequenced thing like it like felt almost like like a pattern that I kept hearing and that I just kind of figured it out on the piano ended up just kind of like you know just composing a song almost and then uh, yeah I showed brain and i was just stoked on it you know I, was, oh, I just wrote this cool thing and then uh and he was like oh yeah that's really cool and i was like oh maybe we can have like an instrumental on um on the record and brayden is a super super phenomenal uh, lyricist and uh he's very always lyric based like that's how he approaches his songwriting always yeah so then i was like oh it'd be cool to have an instrumental and then brayden immediately was like let's put lyrics on it um and then so uh we actually he had this old song that it was actually a contender to make it on the record, but it was one of those cases that it was written and we liked it and the lyrics worked with the way it was written, but then we we're like, ah, we're not too stoked on the music part of it anymore. So we we're kind of playing with it going, is it going to 
be on the record or not and then we kind of when this instrumental came about we're like oh let's use it for that so we uh, ended up using the lyrics of that and uh brayden just did it as almost like speaking a poem Hmm. and uh, yeah so it's 12 songs and then one kind of spoken word that's kind of cool yeah so the the instrumental sort of evolved yeah into a spoken he's basically just took it over completely yeah that's what he always does like (laughs) i I play something on uh, because we had a a beautiful uh old acoustic piano we got for free from some church i remember it was uh is that the one you tuned at your place oh yeah it was and it was a fucking bitch to get in our house man like honestly uh yeah by the way swearing is all oh we're good good. okay any swears any swears um yeah no it was an absolute fucking pain in the ass to get it in the house because it was big and luckily uh yeah uh, a good friend of us uh who is very strong could lift up one side of the piano by himself and then brayden and i could get the other side with the two of us and we ended up getting it into the back of our house but with that around yeah we just like sat down and played and that's kind of how uh how actually I would say maybe two or three of the songs were just like, you know, either I'd be sitting down at the piano and come up with some cool chords or we'd just be both sitting in that that back room. Uh, you probably remember that back yeah. room that we had in our house kind of became like our um, our writing room or like our music kind of like. Oh, hell yeah. Because we had like our studio downstairs, but then that was almost like a, we had the acoustic piano there and like a couch that we could go into that space and that that's where we would mm-hmm. we had like a little workbench we would restring guitars and shit like that hmm. and that became kind of like our writing slash um like i think we did a couple of the live sessions there kind of beginning of covid when we did a couple of the couple right. of, a couple of artists did that right the uh it's the live it, session it's nice to like have that separation of mm-hmm. like okay downstairs or wherever we have like minimal sound yes. uh um, yeah intrusions or, or or like things that'll fuck up the whole soundscape mm-hmm. of it but it's like but not only that it's like okay now here's our place to work yes and yeah get things laid down yeah. versus um you know if you're kind of limited with your home studio space you know if you're living in you know, a single room apartment or something, you're like, I don't have so many places. I don't have a jam space and then a recording space. Yeah. You kind of have them all at the same, and exactly. it gets like, confusing. Like I have right now, right? Where I'm in an apartment now and I'm, it's like, I have my, my one studio is my studio and where I have all my instruments and, and where I would write as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely really nice. And like, even one of those things where I go in hindsight, like I didn't even realize how nice it was at the time to have that kind of writing room. And uh, yeah, because, you know, it's, obviously downstairs the, the the studio room was treated and everything but still it's just like something about being in your room where you have all of your equipment you know what i mean mm. um that you're that's when i would go because i'm come from an audio engineering point of view i go okay i just wrote something being recorded it's like no it's good to actually really sit with something jam it out you know yeah. and for me like it's such a nice thing just having an acoustic piano as well and you you know you just sit down at it so much more casually and then that's how i really come up with some of the coolest stuff is just like when i walk past and i'm like sit down for a little bit of playing and yeah no also with the couch there and we would just jam it was nice it's nice yeah it is it is nice to have those separate areas of like okay work gets done here Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess it depends how you write i guess some people just strictly write where you get started in a session you just start laying down beats and then yeah i mean it's growing that's the diff i mean obviously like we kind of do like folk rock essentially uh it's it's all very folk based so yeah i mean that writing it always happens it generally happens on an acoustic guitar I would say, I mean, uh, Brayden is uh, certainly the main, main songwriter. Like he writes like all the lyrics and all that. And mm-hmm. then um, on the record now, we, I'd say maybe like out of the 12 or I guess if including the, the, the spoken word, I think on 
like like six of them were old songs like because because we actually started dakota mill back in i think 2017 and that's when it was just brayden and i and uh you know we did a couple of shows and that and then we got like a whole band together and that was really really awesome we were literally in the middle of a tour we played a show with you uh <laughs> on thursday night and then on friday night everything was that was supposed to be our our headlining at the horseshoe and it was covid everything locked down yeah so on uh, unfortunately then like obviously the the full band thing kind of died down but um was that paradise the ep that was out that, that was time? that at that time where it was the uh the the kind of trinity ghost one where That's, it was yeah, yeah paradise rose and you were starting um, to afterlife to support that yeah we were, we were we're touring on that and then um and then yeah like covid hit and we were just home you know and it gets so weird being in the middle of a tour we had i think like another five or six dates left or something like that mm. and then we kind of going like oh what do we do and you know at the time uh, very ambitiously everyone was going oh yeah we'll just postpone it to june <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah i know i know yeah. <laughs> i think i think in, in june or maybe july yeah. you know shows will pick up again and uh that oh obviously didn't happen so then yeah we were just two musicians stuck at home with a studio downstairs and we um we started recording and yeah like like i'd say like six five or six at least are actually older songs that uh, that braden had written um you know like basically kind of around the time that the man started like i remember jamming those songs like for those so like when we did shows just him and i with with you know piano and, and guitar and, and and the two voices and um we got to then develop them obviously in the studio um during that time um and then there was one out of those six that we actually ended up then changing all that we kept the all the lyrics and changed all the chords for it and then <clears throat> after that the next five or six songs i would say um maybe two of them two maybe three of them i can't remember off the top of my head actually like i wrote the chords for it and then brayden wrote the lyrics for it um, and then another like two or three, it was like kind of a joint thing where, um, you know, I wrote maybe the the verse chords and then, you know, he would kind of get into like a writing zone and mm -hmm. then he would be like, oh, and I also came up with the chorus. And then uh, I think I was telling you about it just before we actually started. There was one where Braden wrote it up until a point and then he was like, oh, and then I just kind of, I kind of knew what I wanted and I didn't exactly. So then he then took it to me and then I wrote kind of the next part on top of that. So then, yeah, then it was like another couple of them that were very much like collaboratively written. Yeah. Um, you know, from a music point of view, like I said, Brandon does, uh, does all the lyrics himself. So. Right. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it is, it is a co-written record, but, uh, yeah, like I said, lyrics are, are all Brandon's department. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the production, like from a... You know, I'm fortunate enough to play a handful of instruments. So uh, <laughs> you can say yeah. where, you yeah. play them, you shred them, but oh, you could say you. you could say play yeah. if you want. Yeah, to, I but. uh yeah no, I do play a few, and but it's nice, you know, when you're when when we would be. Uh, so that's why I would say like I, you know, Braden certainly did the majority of the writing, and I probably did the majority then of the production point of view. You know, kind of building the tracks and and adding the instruments. Um, okay. So yeah, it was uh it was man just. It was honestly like also something that I look back on and go, it was really, really good for us to have that, you know, during that kind of a time where yeah. you're not playing shows anymore and you're kind of lost as a musician. Like we were so used to that kind of, you know, gigging life. And then, you know, now you're, uh, you're in the studio again. So yeah, it's yeah. hard too. Cause I found there's like two parts of writing it, right. There's like 
okay, let's write the song. And then how does it, um, mm-hmm. how does it uh, like translate live? So it's hard to know exactly how it'll do, but it's a little less, I don't know. You can kind of tell, you can kind of, if it feels good to you and you guys yeah. are both jamming to it or whoever's in your band or mm-hmm. you by yourself, or you show it to some friends and you're jamming to your own thing. Yeah. Then fuck yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're grooving sure. now. If you think it's sick, then you're going to come at that so yeah. well. Especially if like you and another person think it's sick. Cause yeah. it's, it's one thing too, if you like, you know, write and record everything is not to take away from that. Like it's absolutely a viable thing to do, but if you just, you think it's sick, then you kind of don't know if it's actually sick. That's true. <laughs> like, sure. You probably have an idea of like, if it's good or not, but when you're two guys riding together and like you both get stoked on it, like we had a few moments and these are just such, I was like, they're so funny where, you know, we'd be, because we had nothing to do all day because we thought we would die if we go outside. Yeah. You know, we would be recording from, you know, 10 in the morning to like 11, 12 at night. And then uh, it would be like, all right, I guess we'll like, got to go to bed and go at it tomorrow again. And then be like one o'clock and I'd get Brayden coming into my room in his underwear being like, I just thought of another part. You know <laughs> what I mean? Or the other around of like, all right, my turn now. I'm in your, my underwear in your room saying oh, I thought of something else, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, when you're both stoked on it and like have that kind of giddy feeling almost of like, oh, this is a jam. And then we would show, you know, obviously you do the thing where you show your other music friends. And yeah. based on that reaction, you can really tell if uh, if you've got a good tune or not. Yeah. And there's always that that like um, you don't want to show somebody or or you're like you're super psyched on the new thing you wrote. Yeah. And then you want to show it to your friend or, or you know whoever you're working with and, and all of a sudden you're like a little nervous to show them. Yes. Even though you are you in your on your own space. Yeah, you're like, you're oh, this is shit, shit, whatever. And then you're like, oh, no. Now I'm actually not so sure about myself. Yeah. And I find too, like if you, it's hard to like, if you are working on some new music, you're so invested in it. It's mm-hmm. hard to separate from it sometimes. So like you said, Braden would come in with yeah. with a new idea three hours later. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That shit won't leave your head. No. So it's almost no. hard sometimes as, um you know, when you write music, you're listening to other music, and then you're, you're you're thinking of your own parts all the time. You're trying to work out a vocal melody for a certain thing, or a chord change for something, or, or you're just generally thinking like, mm-hmm. does this song work? It's hard to to like. I was just talking about this too um, with a friend of mine. It's hard to like move on past all those ideas and just, just be like, all right, it's a new it's a new fresh page. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, yeah. Blah, starting fresh. Yeah, it's almost sometimes actually. A, yeah, it's sometimes actually a very good thing to uh, to kind of step away from something. That's something I really learned, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit more detail later. But at my my time when I was interning at at Noble Street Studios, where like all of the mix engineers would be like, you know how important it is to stop mixing for like 15 minutes and like recalibrate your ears? Because especially with something like mixing where you like listen, 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 your yeah. ears kind of get used to it almost, yeah. and then you stop. And then you come back and you're like, this sounds like shit. (laughs) Or you go, "Ah, yeah, no, that confirms. Like sometimes you're not sure. And then you come back and you're like, oh yeah, no, it actually does sound really good. But it's the same with like, like producing or, or in your writing process as well, where sometimes it's actually so helpful to, to stop and step back and go, let me mull it. Either you can do like a longer gap where you go, let me, let me revisit this tomorrow or let me revisit this kind of after I work on this other song for a bit. And, um, and then you can almost kind of get like a, it's almost like you got fresh ears, right? And you kind of listen to it from a different point of view and like, okay, no, that works. Or yeah, no, I was right. That doesn't actually work at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, but sometimes it's even like the five or 10 or even, you know, like, ah, I haven't had lunch yet. And you go have for lunch and you come back and you're like, oh yeah, no, I I, I can really do the next part. Now I'm hearing another idea. Like it's good to refresh, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is good to reset too. And I was just thinking, as you're saying that, it almost is like, 
<clears throat> with somebody at Noble Street who's a mixing engineer, who's you know that's their profession, that's their yeah. career. They're they're fully invested in that now as like a as a professional. Um, even even still, you'll get like you'll know you'll know the just intuitively to be like okay the compressor is going to be too much on that yeah you kind of know how to set things mm -hmm. but still you need that reference so it's almost funny like you'll you, it'll become you'll become acquainted with it you'll become familiar with it and then you'll be like that sounds great you maybe you go take a break and then all the songs you've heard throughout your the rest of your life that made you pursue that yeah. sort of rebubble back up you go yeah. back and listen to it yeah, just a recalibrating yeah. thing, right like it's like you know, even with pieces of equipment, sometimes you just need a, like, oh, yeah. this is acting funny. Like, Pretty for example, sad. on a synth, you're like, oh, it's not reacting the same. It could be, like, a, a dirty pot or something. Like, you yeah. need to replace something, recalibrate it, and now all of a sudden, like, yeah, it's good again, it's right? Good so you to need go. to sometimes just kind of step back and come back to it, yeah. for sure. I feel like the best, yeah, the best songs that you hear um, in, to, in terms of their audio, how they're written, it's just like, it's like drinking a glass of water. You just, you just chuck that shit back. But then sometimes, mm -hmm. I remember writing stuff where I was like, how do I make that? You think you need to add more shit for the chorus because it's big. Yeah. It's the yeah. chorus. Or you need to, you know, I don't know. It can't just be a drum and a snare for the verse. Maybe I need to add in some atmospheric shit. And I found sometimes when I was writing music that it would just become like, it's like a smoothie halfway through. It's like you're yeah. drinking it. So it's like mushing together. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Like maybe I've gone too far this yeah. way or too. Yeah, no, and it definitely. Gets, it gets thick in terms of the audio and yeah. stuff. And you're yeah, like, sometimes less yeah. is more, right? It's yeah, a pretty kind of common saying almost with uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of music sometimes. You know, like the, the space... I always think sometimes too, like sometimes you, the the silence can be louder than even the the actual music is, yeah. right? When you have that little break in it, especially with with some of your you know like EDM genres or something where it is like such a kind of loud and in your face all the time. Sometimes that's the whole thing with a big build, right? Like it, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, bam, and then it gives <laughs> yeah. you that kind of sweet release, right? So yeah, yeah. No. it's weird, man. How the fuck did we become like how when when okay I, I i wish i knew this like when was like mozart and bach and yeah. these people when were they putting out music like oh mozart 1600s? was yeah no nah, well mozart was pretty early on so uh oh now i gotta remember so one thing i think a lot of people don't realize is that beethoven was quite late actually he was like after mozart after bach i think I'm going to mess this up now. This is embarrassing because I am a classical piano player, so I should know this. <laughs> I should know this without Googling it, but I think Bach was just before Mozart or it was the other way around. Where, But you can really hear it. Like Mozart's music, you hear all those little trills and everything. That's because like he was from writing on like a clavichord, right? And mm. then, uh, you know, you didn't have sustain. You didn't right. have a sustain pedal, so you can hear like the stylized stuff. And then you get kind of into like your romantic era of music and you have like your Debussy's and stuff like that where it's like the really pretty stuff. But before that even, like where kind of like your... Oh, I'm gonna, I'd be so embarrassed if I mess this up, but like kind of where, where Bach <laughs> came from as well is where it was like in the 1500s, it was all church music. 14, 1500s, it was always like, you're making a song for religion, for church and all right. that. So it was like very much like, that's what you got paid to do. All the hymns. Then, and... Yeah. And then like you kind of got like, oh, now we're making music because it's pretty. You know, right. after that, like 1600s and then 1700s was like the kind of romantic era. And then 
like right kind of late 17 early 18 that was the kind of beethoven era of like emotional big like huge pieces and stuff like that so yeah that's a bit of the timeline and then after that you had i'm kind of strictly talking for more piano based stuff now but you have like your lists who like was just wild and you're like no one can move octaves that insanely fast yeah. you're crazy yeah. <laughs> it's weird Very though fun. too because it almost is like music was uh, a symphony or a piano mm. um and a lot of voice like it wasn't you know there was no there's no forgive me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure there's no mozart bach or any of those tracks where they sing on them too um a couple of them actually Maybe? do like that's when you have like your difference between like a symphony and a concerto yeah but and, bach or uh, mozart themselves no not themselves no, no no they're not uh and like i don't even know if they would like write the words themselves you know what i mean at one point i think they also did this thing where you would have um i can't i think they did this with a piece of music and i can't remember which one we actually had like you would go to this uh you know concert essentially and then you'd have like a poem to read while you're listening to the concert and then like oh it's with uh, the four seasons i mean you might be familiar with vivaldi's four seasons it's a big uh vi you you might not know by name if you'd hear you'd be like oh yeah totally okay, i've okay. heard this like every you know romantic movie has them in there basically but that one you're actually supposed okay. to like read something along with it so there was kind of like a poetry aspect to it oh. and then like i said the early early was all church music so that was obviously religious um right. text like along go along with that but it's certainly not them going like oh i'm a singer you know what i mean yeah. I'm a singer songwriter <laughs> my boy moats you know let what me, i mean let me, let me write about moats yeah, you know this chick i was just yeah. dating dude she yeah. <laughs> broke my heart dude let me write yeah, something no, they were way that. too busy all doing opium and being alcoholics really to, uh, oh dude opium oh man but all like it's funny because classical music is like this kind of posh thing, yeah. right? It's like oh, very like you know stuck up people <laughs> listen to it. no. All those guys, Mozart died in his thirties because of like drug overdose, basically. Damn, <laughs> like, dude. Those guys are all huge alcoholics and like all into opium and and all the all the drugs. So yeah, there's something about like the uh, <laughs> musicians, man. <laughs> yeah, the the art or the demon of art yeah, is uh, that's right is. Uh, yeah, why does funny. that take people over? Well, it's but it's weird. actually funny too to kind of like relate specifically like a Mozart to something more more modern where he was like a child prodigy. Like he played for, he's from Austria, he played for like the Austrian king when he was like five, right. already composing, already a, a maestro of piano and, and violin. And then because of that, he kind of got like robbed of his childhood. So right. he, when he was older, Shit. was like really immature and kind of did stupid stuff. But like that still happens, you know, know, with the Disney stars, right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like you got your Justin Bieber's and your and your you know Miley Cyrus or whatever, which are obviously like great artists. But you know, mm -hmm. they go off their wally at one point because they had no child. Like they got kind of that taken away, and then like you kind of remain that child childish kind of aspect of you remains right mozart had that as well so that's not a new thing <laughs> that's crazy dude yeah that's crazy man yeah how how the fuck did they record that's any of that stuff well it's like all those are all just recordings from now like if you listen to that now it's all like yeah. oh the philharmonic orchestra right. did this right so, so that was a cool thing with music back then it's like you might never hear it. Like You'll if never that, hear it. If they don't come to your city and if you're not some rich, pompous guy that can afford to go to these shows, you might never hear it. Or it's one of those things that like, yeah, I heard that song twice in my life. You know what I mean? You, you don't have up. Spotify or Apple. Yeah. Like that's the thing. We, we get so spoiled with like the consumption now. You know what I mean? You can, you can play your favorite song at any time that you want. Mm -hmm. Back then it was, if you don't have... 
90 people in an orchestra in front of you, there's no way for you to hear it. Did you know this fact that there's so much music released every day that you can't, you would, like if you were, I think three or something, you would die before you even listened to the music that was released the day like, you were born. Yeah, wow. I just made that up. I'm just. Oh, kidding. really? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, you could have been like that, like serious. I would have 100% believed you because I, yeah, there well, is a ridiculous amount of music yeah. released these days. I mean, if you were cool. born on like June 3rd when and you listened to all the music released on June 3rd of 2023, yeah. You, yeah. maybe you'd be like... 18 by the time I was gonna say like it does still definitely be a long time it would for (laughs) sure be a long time still yeah here one second I just spilled a little beer you got a paper towel here uh yeah I'll be I guess we'll take a little pause 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 but I did there is a crazy there is there is some crazy stat like the amount of music that's released today um is is insane like it's it's just wild man it's crazy it's all because of like the bedroom recording right it's like everyone can just record at any time they want and then yeah release it which yeah. is cool like it's it's really cool to, like it's kind of like a double-edged a double-edged sword almost where you know in one way you could argue oh you know it's kind of oversaturates the market and now there's so much crap out there and whatever but it's also really cool to just like let people just be creative and and make a song if you can make a song great and if you can record it even better you know what i mean mm-hmm. now for 200 bucks essentially you can have your own studio which is great. I think it's. I think it's cool. Yeah, interface and a mic and yeah, and that's uh, it. a little keyboard or something. It's interesting, man. It's like it's so it's so easy to make music, and there's so much great great shit that comes out that mm-hmm. some people make. Some some people you'll hear it through social media. Sometimes you'll just get a new band through the radio or like a Spotify playlist you check out. But it's interesting that there's just so much shit that's put out that's great and also mm-hmm. terrible. Oh yeah, and then in, be- <laughs> in between those. But also, two you know, you have some cool cases of like. Okay, you see your friend post and you're like, oh shit, I don't even know you made music. Yeah. Like I've had that where I'm like, I don't even know you played an instrument, let alone like, let alone wrote music. Like that's a whole nother level. And then you recorded and released it. Like that's so cool that, you know, you also get to artistically express mm-hmm. yourself like that. So yeah. And it's funny, man, like how back, back in the day of the, uh, what we were just saying, the Mozart days and Bach days yeah. and all that, <laughs> Bach. <laughs> Bach days and all that stuff. It's there's no recordings of that. Like you no. can't hear that again. Yeah, and like you know, when you have those kind of guys, the the kind of infamous story of of uh, Beethoven composing when he's deaf. You know what I mean? Like you can't just like record something and like it, that's a concept where you have to kind of like really be able to think of stuff mm-hmm. while you're uh, you know right because even like a lot of modern composers now would write kind of with their with their equipment almost because. Mm. You know, if you're writing by yourself on an acoustic guitar, yeah, you d- you don't need any equipment to like write a song. But if you're composing a full, you know, for a full orchestra, yeah, you probably want to have like your your contact open with your with your uh, like contact. For those who don't know, is some like virtual instruments basically, mm. um, and you kind of like put your horns down and then your strings and whatever. Like back then, you know, you had you had guys just do it kind of from their head like mozart also like <laughs> compose a song on his deathbed you know what i mean like and he, then yeah Bach then oh got him he had to you, you're cooking that one up man. I, you, you started giggling <laughs> See, i thought you did it on purpose yeah no uh but yeah you like he literally like they were able to just like hear the song like you had to kind of have that skill almost of like i can hear in my head what this will sound like with a full orchestra. you can't yeah no, you can't record it you can't like how would you and i 
even write something without voice notes you know what i mean like yeah, i think you so even more so like i've probably like 300 voice notes of just like random crap like brayden have like 2000 you probably also have around 2000 whatever just, just voice shit, notes yeah. of like i just kind of recorded this a little bit yeah and then build off of that right yeah yeah it's such an important tool like i don't even know i don't even i mean i know how to write some music like actually write it down on tab mm-hmm. or not yeah. tablature um yeah like, like uh ri- yeah music notation yeah, yeah. But not to the extent that I could write my whole yeah. song for drums and, I mean, but and everything. Same here. Like honestly, like I, I'm a classical. Like the, when I was five, I was put on classical piano. I did that for six or seven years or whatever. I can read, no problem. I, mm-hmm. I would struggle even. Like I've done it before, but it's not easy to just, especially quickly, like write out a song in musical notation. Yeah. It takes ages. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah no, that'd be a nightmare. To have to, like, and yeah. And stuff like that. Down a note. Yeah. Th- those, those classics on piano are so intricate and yeah, like the left hand and the right hand. It's just, like, it's so cool that people were doing this mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of yeah. years ago. It's like, it's, it's, it's so fascinating. And without even, you know, I wonder what their inspiration was or what, what drove them to try to be masters yeah. of that craft. Cause there was obviously, you know, um, like, fame and, and some fortune that came along with it but not in the sense of the same as as today and the vanity no that yeah i mean it. and like how would you even like i'm just trying to think of that too like how would you even be like hey i compose stuff like now you just you <laughs> yeah. know you go on instagram and you're like yeah i'm a musician <laughs> maybe listen to my stuff like maybe it's because there was so much fewer people that it was like probably yeah, yeah. i think i think the opportunity to like because obviously you would have to kind of already be training as a classical musician like yeah. you can't really write it without knowing how to play it right yeah so, your teacher's like i know all the piano yeah, players like, in London. i think this person's special like <laughs> yeah. you know they, i think they can maybe compose something but with that being said it's like it's like it, there's no regression on how complicated and brilliant and beautiful it is it's yeah. like it's like there's less people so it's more mm-hmm. simple you're like well fucking try to play it then yeah it's, true it's exactly incredible. like no yeah. it's not and you know <laughs> even like kind of going back to like the the innovation and that's where it's interesting like you do see how much slower things um kind of evolve because now you know you have genres and subgenres and sub sub genres of like oh this person just did a little bit of a twist on that it's like you have so much feeding off of each other i think that's that is i think one of the benefits really of 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 being able to uh you know have everyone just release music all the time is like music evolves so so much and in and often in a very cool way right yeah which back then like it would be like like i think i was saying a little earlier had like the church era and that was like 300 years of people just making that kind of music because (laughs) that's the only place where there was money for a composer and that's the only thing that people that's the only place people would hear music you know it's just like a couple of bold guys singing basically yeah Um, and then yeah and then you know that evolved to like then the next era of music is like 60 years of like everything kind of sounded like this and then another 60 or 80 years of everything kind of sounded like this Mm -hmm. now it's like every other month almost it feels like sometimes where where music is just kind of changing or someone does something else a little cooler than someone else right yeah and it's interesting with the like the whole like you were just saying those long periods of time and then all of a sudden like i don't know 1920s or something like there was a big era of blues that leads into Mm -hmm. rock and roll that leads into like disco heavy metal and grunge because like classical transitioned into jazz and then jazz transitioned into blues which transitioned into rock and then that mixed with country and pop yeah. and whatever and then yeah like now we've got an explosion of different mm-hmm. you know hundreds of genres i would almost say right Sub-genres like, and whatever. yeah it's like almost like technology where all of a sudden 
you get that rev, uh, the boom of like you know fossil fuels mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and electricity yeah. and then yeah everything the it's internet like, and... even it's it's funny to see, yeah kind of relate that go like yeah sure we've had like a technological revolution but like also an artistic revolution right mm-hmm. and like I think that also goes beyond um, beyond just music where it's like even in a lot of the visual arts you have like you know obviously people paying homage to the previous artists but also creating creating new and different you know like now we've got all the ai art which is pretty oh, wild too yeah. some of it's pretty cool and, yeah but you know like even just people still innovating in 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 that sense as well so yeah i think it's all i always love new things right yeah yeah it's something weird about that though with that being said it's it's like i'm all down for whatever whatever human beings do where you go you go from bluesy shit all, yeah. all, all these eras of like bleeding into one bleeding into the other well hey cheers Mm. Drinking a nice Toronto Mexican yeah, lager here, yeah, Ace Hill. Oh, Ace Hill, oh Mexican lager, it's delicious. Cheers, just about reach. But um, it's fucked up, man. It's it's like with the technological revolution and the and the sort of artistical revolutions and how they have progressed. It's like interesting to be where we are now because with all the technology, which certainly influences songwriting and and where all of the uh, standard of what you listen to these days, mm-hmm. technology has played you know a fucking a key role yeah in that. yeah uh, you know yeah. and i think also like beyond even just like yeah the sound of it also just the amount of different people that have been able to kind of break into because i think there was definitely an era especially for audio engineers where it was just like every single audio engineer is just kind of like an old white guy you know what mm. i mean in a lab coat which because <laughs> those are the kind of people that were just getting those opportunities of like you essentially had to be like an electrical engineer and know i got to build the equipment you know you're like Back in the 50s, like Bill Putnam is the one of the biggest legends who like built equipment himself. Like he is what Universal Audio, like there's no Universal Audio now without Bill Putnam back in the day. And like, but it was kind of reserved for like a very small circle of people. Whereas like now, if you are a very talented musician, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to do anything. But like, you don't need to have that like step up in life where you can go, I can afford to just like intern at a studio for a couple of years and like kind of work my way up or I've been kind of put into this opportunity. It's like now it is so much more open to like, hey, you just have sheer talent and because you invested, like you saved up that 200 bucks to get that interface and get that mic, you can now get your things heard or like even, especially for like the beat makers, like Mm. you don't even technically need a microphone if you're just making beats. Like I think it's, um, man, I can't remember his name now but he's he's a he's a toronto like like beat producer and he ended up working with drake you know what i mean but he's just like some guy you know yeah not talking about noah shabib uh <laughs> not talking about 40 but uh a, another one uh, who we work with uh, okay. uh the big name but i'm terrible at names so that's great um but yeah no it's like essentially you can be like you don't have to kind of come from this like oh yeah well but like my dad was an audio engineer and that's how i kind of got into it it's like right. literally almost anyone yeah. can kind of break into this industry right so which is kind of cooler it almost mm-hmm. it's almost cooler because it just makes I mean, there's an argument. People can get super salty about how um, a lot of the popular stuff, top 40, whatever, pop or country or whatever, or, you know, even metal stuff, like mm-hmm. it's all genres, the top, top of it. Yeah. It's like, kind of sounds the same. Yep. It's like, well, I guess it does in a way, be, but it, how can you help that? I mean, you yeah. can't have all, you can't have left, right, left, right, left, right. No. And I know? mean, and that's where it's like kind of interesting where... Yeah, often, yeah, it is kind of the similar stuff that gets really popular, but then it's like that one person that does just a bit of a different twist yeah. on it kind of gets that net. Like, I, I, I always think kind of Post Malone's a good example of that, where yeah. 
like trap already existed and singing and whatever pop already exists and he was able to just kind of mix that in a special way where he's like i'm kind of rapping and i'm kind of singing yeah and but i'm like it's kind of similar beats to like the trap but also kind of similar to like more poppy stuff and that's when you kind of get like the one innovator coming through right yeah but then now it's like there's almost the post malone sound like there's always copycats right so it's always going to be like yeah but he is like the most famous one doing it he's the innovator of doing it and then you have you know whatever else everyone sounds kind of the similar to that but it's the same with any kind of aspect of being artistic it's like yeah it's hard to be that unique thing right yeah and then once there is like you said once there is that unique thing like somebody like the 1975 all of Mm -hmm. a sudden you get these you know people who are inspired by it Mm -hmm. but you're not too sure what to do with that inspiration and where you're you know Maybe you're a creative, and as a creative, you just sort of are like a sponge a little bit, where yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I and like I mean, that. and also it's like I'm it's thinking. not bad to like kind of copy something a bit. Like right I've, I think, um, like actually on on one of the songs uh, off the off the Dakota Mill record, where I, I mean that one probably won't be released as a single, so I won't spoil anything too much. But it was definitely like I was listening to an artist a lot, and then when we were producing that song the way that it came out i was like oh i can hear that i was listening to that that group you know what i mean mm-hmm. or i was i can really tell that like oh i was in like kind of a this phase then or a that phase like yeah it's it's only natural to kind of like build off of what is already out there and yeah it's not it's also not a bad thing you know it's like yeah you can kind of shit on things and go, oh, it all sounds the same but it also doesn't and it's also like yeah it's only normal like everyone does it where it's like yeah i'm i'm a I'm a folk guy and that's kind of where it comes from. Yeah, obviously I'm kind of copying a lot of the folk traits, but then I'm trying to put my own twist on it, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's like fitting in a genre mm-hmm. of something, right? Yeah, you still have to kind of be in a genre, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Even if you're like completely unique, you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to have to slide into one of them. Yeah. Have to be put and there. Especially these days, it's really rare that like a completely new genre really comes around. Like I think of like big ones as of quote unquote recent, I would say like like dubstep was a big like new genre where I was like that is yeah. clearly like yes it's EDM but it's very different yeah. you know and like um like I mean trying to think of other examples even like and I guess even like maybe what trap is to like kind of older hip hop it's like yeah it's still hip hop but it is very much like a different genre almost like, but that doesn't happen often so like yeah mainly you're going to be under the umbrella of like a genre that exists right so. yeah and it's cool how like single people can influence a genre you know mm-hmm. like like i was just listening to um i think it was the yeah it was the joe rogan podcast with rick rubin and he was talking about oh uh, man the, the evolution of hip-hop guy's a legend in hip-hop <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge like old school hip-hop head so yeah, yeah i mean that name is like but he, that, God, that's a sick episode to listen to just in terms okay. of like not being nervous about your credentials as in, you know, in, yep. in like approaching a new project. Mm-hmm. He was like somebody on the sidelines. He was like, I think this is how hip hop yeah. sounds in the club. So let me record that's it like wild. it sounds to me in the club. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really oh, interesting. I should listen man. to that one actually. I don't have bloody Spotify though, so I don't think I can... Uh... To <laughs> I'll screen record, I'll screen record the yeah there you go oh, you. your gem your gem <laughs> yeah no like like that's definitely a like that's cool too when like you know you can you definitely shouldn't ever limit yourself to going like oh I'm a this artist or I'm a that artist but yeah, it's like that. Rick Rubin if you kind of listen to a lot of his other stuff like he's like a very just talented musician that did like you know like very complicated jazz stuff or mm-hmm. like just like 
very different music than like what he's doing with with uh with hip-hop but then you can kind of hear that flavor coming through you know with yeah. with uh with um kind of what you're doing then it's it's always cool to kind of dabble in i always find it important actually and i especially with um playing and like practicing because i produce and in multiple genres i find it very important to then also practice because you can't just be like oh um, i only practice like my classical stuff like yeah. when am i going to use that when i'm producing a you know a rock band or whatever right? right but you know it's always good to kind of practice the different genres basically so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is it is and 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 with his thing too it was cool I don't obviously don't know him or have never spoken to him, but just mm-hmm. the disposition from that whole conversation he was having on that podcast was like, he just seemed like somebody who was very in tune with what he enjoyed and yep. he wasn't trying to meld it or bend it to something that he was like, well, this is what's popular. He just sort of like had the things that it sounded like that right. he liked and that yep. he wanted to accomplish. And so with that being said, I think it's kind of important to be, if let's say, you know, you're somebody who's, putting out your first dp or something and you're trying to like really establish or even like you know i put out a a a bunch of albums and i'm still even for the next thing trying to figure out like what's this Mm -hmm. what am i trying to say with this shit what am i trying to do yeah and now that we have access so quickly to all this music and all these new ideas and produced ideas and like acoustic ideas through social media and all the things that you hear because my social media page is basically like music and some other shit like you know so it's like mostly i hear people playing music either it's their new single they dropped or their thing and you you hear consistencies and you you know you hear new shit but it's like i don't know and if something inspires you about that use it like Mm -hmm. whether it's the drum beat or the guitar lick like use that to fuck around with your own sort of style and sound but it is hard to 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 just sort of be like um I don't know, like bounce it off of you. Like, you yeah, know, oh, it's, this a, is it's, what's it's definitely good to also, yeah, it's good to just kind of like stick to your guns too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and to be like, but I, I like this. And it's funny because we almost kind of battled with that for a, for a little bit with this, with this album that we're doing because, uh, you know, we had we 13 songs and like we have multiple genres within that. You know what I mean? And I remember at one point we we're kind of going like, Oh, but maybe we should change this one because it sounds so different than the other ones because we have a couple that are like folk songs and right. then a couple that are like more rock. But then we have a good, like I think like probably three of them are like synth based songs. So it's like now you're almost going into like the electronic realm, but it's like we were kind of going like, it sounds good. Yeah. Do, you, do you like it? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. Well then why do we not like why do you have to kind of release it on something else and just put out whatever you think sounds good you know yeah. what i mean you don't have to like limit yourself to like oh i'm a this artist or a that artist right no like no no i think yeah. that would definitely put you in a corner mm-hmm. and what is it like it was was nonsense the fifth one you put out i think so yeah because yeah. yeah. i was listening to them all the other day in that group of them because you can kind mm. of pull them up as a group yeah um and it was funny because i was literally thinking that i was like yeah. these sound a little bit but only because I was listening kind of to it because I knew I wanted to talk to you about the mm-hmm. whole album. So I was listening to it in a bit of a different way than I would just enjoying it. And right, I was like, yeah. this is kind of a different production, but it still feels You can still true. hear that. Yeah, it's like, that's that's really what we did try to make sure of. It's like, yeah, we do have the kind of like electronic sounding ones. We have like the very folky, the kind of very kind of 70 sounding ones or whatever. But like, I, I do believe that a common thread through the maze is that you can hear like Dakota Mill, right? Yeah. Like as a band coming sure. through, like, yeah, no, that is their stuff, but it's just like them doing that or something like, and even, even one of the other ones that we hung up is like a country song, essentially, you know, oh, because cool. we both love country music. It's yeah. like, yeah. And then one of them that we wrote just, 
actually we we it was one that we rewrote that it was like an older song and then we rewrote it and the way that we rewrote it, it like, kind of sounds like countryish and then we just kind of built on that and it's like yeah it's not necessarily bad to you know as long as you can really have your own sound still still shining through and i mean to be fair like as long as you're the one doing it your sound is going to shine through like you don't even yeah. have to really try like you're gonna do what you think sounds good and those are generally gonna be very similar things so you can always tell like when it's oh that per it's always like it kind of, kind of comes back to that concept as well as like a really great guitar player can play any guitar and it sounds like them because it's the way that they're playing the guitar right, it's right. not like oh because he's got that guitar that's why he sounds like that it's like no it's because he is playing the guitar it's like, yeah same with music right it's because that person is writing that song it sounds like them yeah and you're definitely going to have those influences. It's a weird line to walk mm -hmm. between like being influenced and trying to copy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a slippery slope almost, right? Because, yeah, you do want to kind of somewhat copy in a sense. Like, yeah, you do want to kind of like you do know what you like and you are going to write kind of from what you like. But you do want to be unique. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a bit of a kind of tightrope walk almost. Yeah, but, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a weird place. It's a weird place to be with, with you know, between all the music being put out mm -hmm. and then the ways that... You try to like make your own music stand out. Yep. You you just kind of have to lose a percentage of focus on trying to how figure out how you are an artist or how you are somebody mm -hmm. who ha feels like they need to write about something. Yeah, how you put that together. Yeah. There's so many roles to play. Like there I, I are, yeah, and that's when like I feel like almost generally the 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 ones that feel the most natural that come out the most natural work the best you know like yeah. even like because we have like i said like 13 songs that are going to be on the on the record but we i think we recorded like 17 or 18 and it was really all the ones that were just like you know you immediately like oh yeah yeah that works okay let's do another part and it's like oh yeah that that sounds great mm. and you know you've had the feeling as well right where you're like in the studio where you're like you're writing you're producing and things just work yeah that's when you have good songs you know what i mean it's like there's a reason that it felt good in the moment is because it is good right yeah and um yeah i think that is definitely something to kind of keep in mind as well it's like if it felt like free flowing if it felt like everything came out very naturally like that's when i think your own sound really shines through the most as well and that's when you like know that it's one of the better songs that's one that should definitely make the cut for the record right mm -hmm. so so then you guys have those other tracks are done for that album, essentially done. Or are you still yeah. waiting for? I mean, like the ones that we're not putting on the album, the, or the ones that aren't uh, released yet from it. Aren't released, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for those ones, we're uh, just because of the way that everything came about. I, I mean, I kind of briefly mentioned it was all a bit through COVID that you know we kind of started recording a couple of songs and then from one thing to the next, all of a sudden we're like, we have actually a decent group of them, and then we're like, maybe we should do our first full length, and then. You know, now we have this big collection of songs. And so we're, for the ones that aren't released yet, um, they're essentially all mixed. We still need uh, to get a few mixes back, like mm. a few second round mixes back. Um, and then like everything is mixed and we just need it mastered, and uh, which is a, a quick process generally. Um, yeah, mastering much and, faster than mixing. Yeah, usually, no, definitely. Usually. Yeah. And we work with who someone who you already had on the podcast uh, with Christian as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to really, ask. Yeah, yeah he's really, Montana, really great to, uh, to work with. He's We've also shit. had a couple of mastered by uh, by Joe Carvalho. He's also really great to work with. Yep. But um, yeah, last couple of ones uh, we've done with uh, with Christian. And um, yeah, no, I mean, he's it's one of those situations you just kind of send it in and you get it back and you're like, yeah, that's good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, you know, sometimes maybe a round of like, oh, maybe just 
do a little beef it up a bit more or something but yeah no yeah we're definitely one two revisions <laughs> yeah exactly right and but yeah we're, we're essentially like very much at the closing stages of, of this record and um yeah hopefully but i mean you know what it's like then you got all the other yeah. shit that goes along with it with promo and, that, and and artwork and whatever else like it's not like you go oh well we're almost done so we're gonna release it like next month it's like <laughs> nope you, you always want to you, you want to right want it's to. like you all want to already move on from it but yeah before uh, before i forget though that's one thing that christian did say that was important like if you think that your master is gonna save your mix like oh no go back to your mix yeah no you, that's absolutely you know what i mean yeah, I'm not, the master's the finishing touches yeah. it always is yeah. yeah if you if you're like looking at your mix and you're like okay well once it's mastered then i'm gonna be psyched about it you're wasting yeah. now another person's time because for sure the master's and not like, gonna save also you. you know especially a guy like chris like if he would receive something like that he's gonna yeah. be like i'm not mastering this you know what i mean he would uh, uh, people with with a lot of experience in the field they, they can tell when something hasn't been mixed properly and and yeah you, you get it sent back and it's like no I, the, there's no point almost mastering this because it's going to be a mediocre product at the end of the day anyway but i mean we're we're very fortunate we work with um with uh, david partridge he's actually been kind of like a a lifelong friend and mentor uh, of especially Braden, who's known him for a long long time me a little less because I only moved to Canada when I was 14. So yeah. I didn't kind of... Because Braden literally had like guitar lessons and drum lessons from this guy when he was young. And no shit. he's like a recording engineer and producer himself. Wow. So actually like the three EPs that are out by Dakota Mill, like he recorded and, and produced um uh, so all of that basically and oh, that's um, cool man yeah and then so now with this one um where i had definitely a much bigger involvement in dakota mill um you know i i engineered and produced it or and i produced it with brayden and then uh but david is still mixing for us because it's it's really good to to i mean i'm sure you have experienced yourself as well to like work with someone who you know well and someone who you're you're you know essentially hey well, to send you a song, you get the mix back. You're like, yeah, that's kind of already pretty close to what we wanted it to be, right? Mm -hmm. You know, David's very good at, uh, you know, if you need a mix engineer, hire David Partridge. Yeah. Or me. Yeah. <laughs> but and there's, <laughs> and there's interesting things too about mixing because you also do a bit of, like, I don't know how yes. much he does about producing as well, but you mm -hmm. do producing too. So, uh, you know, you'll maybe I have like all this shit that I'm like, here's my song, I'll send it to you. But then you'll be like, what if we added in yeah. something here with something there? And I think that's always like, I don't know. It's, it's, you, you know, you can you can write stuff and you know produce your own music and record it and then send it off to a mixing engineer and, and it could be a whole package. Like, mm -hmm. no worries, that's easy. Yeah. You can do that shit. Yeah, absolutely. But I always appreciate like the hey, I think you've let's comb this down a bit. Let's add a little bit more accenting here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think also like a big, I think a very important important part of being at least a good producer is like you don't want to you want to still keep what the artist brought you you know what i mean you don't want to go like because you could easily go okay yeah, i'm just gonna make this mine you know what i mean and but it's like that that's not your job as yeah. a producer like you have to take what has been written and kind of take it to the next level and sure you're gonna you're gonna suggest what you think sounds good and um you know hopefully and the, the artist is gonna agree with that but you can't completely change everything and expect the artist to be happy you know what i mean because they're also gonna go like but that's my song it's precious to yeah. me, you know, like songs are precious to you when you write them. Like <laughs> For it's sure. one of the most personal things you can do is, is singing and, and writing your own music. And so when someone just comes along and just deletes everything and it's sometimes it really works. Sometimes you, it is actually almost nice and refreshing to go like, let's kind of break it down and kind of build it up from scratch again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be very actually fun. And like even the artist himself be like, oh yeah, that was a cool process. But oftentimes you have to also keep in mind that you can't just 
completely change everything you know what i mean still have to yeah. keep the core of the song there definitely yeah it's always interesting to hear like an acoustic version of mm-hmm. of a band who wrote this hit track yeah and then there's the produced full version of it and then you hear the acoustic track and they're both fucking bangers because yeah. they're just it's just at the core yeah. of it it's a great a, a i actually really song. had that um with uh with the northern light song that you did where it's like obviously <laughs> like the fully produced version sounds really great but uh you know then you and i did like an acoustic version of it we we did a, we did a video for it as well and um and it was really fun to kind of be like oh that's what it sounded like before like all the craziness right and yeah it's kind of go like that's a really cool song like in itself just like being fully acoustic and then yeah, yeah you and i kind of made made our own version of it totally, essentially man. as well right and, no just you know. well i appreciate that first of all but mm-hmm. secondly it's like funny that uh, it kind of was backwards that way where i worked yeah. with um that producer totally remotely yeah and then i'd just send him vocals to a piano thing and then he would have an idea right. of it yeah that one was kind of the other yeah. way around almost and then actually, we had yeah. the song and then it was like hey let's let's fuck around with this mm-hmm. in an acoustic way so but it's, it's like it's funny especially like you know, with, with obviously, I'm so so heavily involved with the with the Dakota Mill record, where like you, I listen back to like what some of those even used to be like. Even stuff that you produce yourself, you go like, oh right, it used to sound like that. Kinda. Yeah, like yeah, it is funny, uh, <laughs> funny in a way to even listen back yourself. Well, I always hope that if you go like, I'll do it to myself now, man. I'll listen to something from six months ago and I'll be like. I feel like I'm writing way better than that now. Oh, yeah, you know? man. Like a week later, you're like, that sucked. <laughs> like, I'm so much better now. Yeah, it's that's, yeah. Look at sure. a demo. Like, that was from six days ago? Yeah, yeah. I thought I that was fucking I'm a three different music. I'm a different person yeah, now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's been a weird. It's been a weird transition as I'm wrapping up this uh, second album after Life is a Dream. I got another one coming. And then after that, I'm just sort of trying to mm-hmm. investigate the um, what I want things to sound like. So it's it's kind of a funny process of being like, scrambling because you're like i feel like i gotta got put something out i got people are everybody's putting stuff out. i gotta put something yeah out. i gotta push yeah. it out but you like, do get that pressure yeah, yeah it, it is kind of like that's i would say would be one of the big downfalls of this like you know thousands millions yeah. of yeah like songs that released every single day is that you do have this feeling that if you're not releasing a new song every other week that you're slacking and you know especially with the way that everything, st- I think, I think streaming was also like a blessing and a curse, right? It's like so great to be able to consume all this music from other people, but at the same time, as an artist, you get very much almost forced into this, um, you know, like I, I have to always release, and if I don't release stuff all, because now it's almost a numbers game, you know, especially yeah. if you're trying to make money off of it, it's like if I don't have a lot of songs out, if I don't have a lot of content to release, you know, with people's attention span being like three and a half seconds these days, yeah. you have to release stuff all the time. But it's, as an artist, it's it's a very frustrating thing to do because like some people are different. Like some people will be able to do that where they're like, just shit out like 20 songs easily. And then others are like, I really curate. I really craft my stuff in a different way that, yeah. you know, it's, it's I can't do that. It takes me, like, you know, we, we started writing this record in March or April or March or April or whatever of 2020 and we're still haven't released the full record you know what I mean that's two and a half years ago almost right so yeah it's like it's difficult to kind of keep up with that pace definitely so yeah I I get the feeling where it's like I feel like I need to do something but I don't even know what I want to do and it's like kind of step back almost and go let me just kind of reassess everything yeah and I, I don't know if it's because of like you know I, I think that um a lot of creativity 
comes with like having some sort of antenna to these ideas mm. or something. So I don't know if that antenna also brings in a lot of extra bullshit and, and white noise of yeah. life, you know, yeah, definitely <laughs> because yeah. it's like, <laughs> I'm always worried about this or that, or, and I try to ground myself again. And I, I think I've got a decent um, perspective of like, okay, I'm, I'm in my own head. This is my own uh, insecurity or my mm-hmm. own like issue. I'm trying to work through to like right. get past it. But, um, you know, artists like, um, let's just say, you know, I mean, this is fucking top of the food chain, but Taylor Swift, for example. Like, oh, yeah. New record. Dude, new record, record, man. Top 10, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. She has t- the 10 billboards. Yeah. First, yeah. first time ever. I was, I will say, like, because uh, that, that is like the world billboard, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I did, I did uh, read that and I was like, that's crazy because that's on like a world level. Yeah. But I do remember um, when when Drake released Views yeah. back in 2016. Yeah. That was for the Canadian billboards i think like one through 16 yeah was that album you know what i mean it was <laughs> yeah. just like holy shit man like how are you the entire top list you know but yeah it's so impressive it's i mean crazy Taylor Swift's arguably the biggest artist in the world right now right so yeah it's, totally it's wild that but that's a that's a big achievement man yeah. like the whole top 10 i know man it's so cool like fucking yeah. awesome to see what uh and and with that being said too because she left um that big machine records or whatever yes, and stuff. Yeah, so that's not yeah. necessarily the power of like what a large no label can do for you yeah it's, i mean i think at this but she's got like a cult following at this point told, you know? oh, like yeah, yeah. it's like they'll like anything she does not to take i don't want to take away from her in any way like she's absolutely a phenomenal Hell phenomenal yeah. artist but like it is kind of one of those things where like yeah her fans will literally like she can fart into a mic and they would be like number one gr- <laughs> number number four. yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree yeah, yeah. but yeah. but again not to take great. away from no, her no, music no. at all but no uh, no yeah, no but you're right but, that's, but that's, every that's pop music too you know what i mean often yeah. Yeah. dude i remember fucking i was listening to like mushroom head and lamb of god but i'd still dram jam yeah. out to tears teardrops on my guitar yeah, yeah. like i was like that shit's still pretty dope though yeah and i'd be listening to to like static x or fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> you know those metal bands and i yeah. still think taylor Swift, and that was back in high school yeah. or something yeah so yeah. she's been relevant uh, top for of the long, charts for oh man for so, so long now yeah and it's cool to see what can happen um you know not only with the power of being a great songwriter and just a powerful voice and then like mm-hmm. media oh, no, and, okay. just and like it's boom. cool too because like you know, we we all know, I think, that not all pop singers, like, really write their own stuff. I mean, not to say that none of them do, like, a fair amount absolutely do, but there are, is absolutely a, 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 a significant percentage that doesn't. Yeah. And it is cool to go, like, Taylor Swift writes her own shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So she, I think that's also where, like, she might have been a little bit beyond some others because she does have that connection a bit with her fans where it's like, no, that is actually, it's not just, like, some other person song it's like it is very much like relate to her life and i think that's what i think that's what her fans really like about her i'm guessing mm-hmm, at least mm-hmm. so i would i would agree because she just did that was like a double album thing she did this year or something like that yeah and this is like her second one I yeah think. man this, and she this, just she, put wow. out that, that those two other, other ones yeah, i really like those like folklore and, folklore. and evermore yeah, those, those were two. like my because i mean i think that it's probably quite common for you know the kind of multi-instrumentalist types where you do appreciate the kind of more acoustic stuff off not always totally. but like you know those two records i would i i liked a lot maybe more than this new one that just came out just because it is a bit more a uh, bit more produced i suppose but yeah. you know again yeah man one. every i've been a, a fan of all of her albums the only cover mm-hmm. i have on my uh spotify is a taylor Swift oh really cover. yeah <laughs> that's hilarious man <laughs> is is it's the song the one which i think was off of folklore or, yeah or i think so that yeah. one but uh um, well and also like i think at that point 
I mean, not that I've always, I don't, not that I know her entire discovery by heart, but that was like she started collaborating with, um, you know, you had she had that feature with with uh, Bonnie Vare and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like yeah. those are really cool to hear. Um, obviously, she's now for quite a while has been working with uh, like Jack Antonoff and um, um, what's his name, uh, Dresner, uh, Andrew Dresner, I think. Okay, not sure about his first uh, name. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, from the National. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's, I, I really liked kind of when she got into that era of uh, working with those producers. So it's cool too. see, like that's when you can kind of relating back to what we were talking about like half an hour ago of like you can hear the uh, the kind of the person still shine through the song, like whatever they oh, do. Yeah. Like you can hear like even on like the folklore where it was like half of it was produced by by Aaron Dresner and half of it was produced by Jack Antonoff. Like you could tell per song like oh yeah that was that one that was that one yeah. right it's like you can tell who's uh, who's involved in the writing process totally right? man yeah. and that's the cool thing too like to just see somebody who she could she could have probably not put out anything since like red or something and, mm-hmm. and been fine yeah in terms of oh yeah uh, like she doesn't have to <laughs> yeah but she, she's an artist right like she, she's an artist like yeah. certain people just kind of have that like she they will to. you know like I, I saw like living with Braden too you know that's where like like I, i'm a songwriter but um like i kind of mentioned like i'm not as much of a lyricist so i play and i like i will kind of like freestyle play piano all the time where like i'm also all, almost kind of like writing in the moment where i'm like i'm play something else every time but like i could i really like it's eye-opening living with someone who's like that kind of a songwriter where like he no matter what is writing songs you know what i mean it's like and i'm sure you have that as well it's like there is never a time that you're not writing about something and like even if you're not ever going to release that song you're still just like it's just naturally in you to like write yeah and like that's when i think it's definitely an example of like the pop artists that don't write their own stuff will just fall off at one point. Yeah. Because they go, I'm a bloody millionaire. And they find somebody else to bring. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you know, because a Taylor Swift type actually like writes all of her own stuff, she has, she has that artistic like thing where it's like, I I feel the need to kind of like write and kind of put, put music out. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure that's what it is, man. Like I was going to say that's, that's kind of what I was going with where it's just like the importance of it is just writing and, Mm -hmm. and just having that muscle built up so that, you know, whatever it is, like whatever, whether, whether the song that's brought to you is inspired by X, Y, Z, the voice that comes through it, through all your inspirations and all your weaves in the road, you've just always been writing. And so no matter what genre you fucking move from, whether it's pop country to folk, to, to like rock and roll, to all these sorts of things, like you can still be, all those people can still love you through it all because Mm -hmm. like you're just writing from who you are yeah and i mean like i know like my wife's a huge taylor swift fan and she's like i like the lyrics the most you know what i mean and it's like that's where you know i'll give her the argument of like yeah but you know i like folklore and whatever so much better because the the music and because like i have this thing where I don't even listen to lyrics when I listen to music. It's actually bad where like I will know every detail of what is happening in the music. Like I'll know what chords it's doing and like, oh, and there's this cool little, you know, synth part of or whatever. But then I couldn't tell you one lyric. And then, then you know, other people and like Braden as well, for example, would be like, I, the first thing I notice is the lyrics and like I can relate so heavily to it. And that's why I like the song where it's like it doesn't even matter necessarily I mean, it obviously matters what the music is like, yeah. but it doesn't matter as much almost what the what the actual music is uh, doing. Hmm. Is it, I definitely don't notice lyrics first in a song, but I think okay. what I notice first is the way that the um, 
like the vocal melody sits in the whole groove mm-hmm. of it all. Yeah. But I'm I'm still kind of I would say I'm a little bit still more heavy on the side of how all the instruments feel together. Okay, that's interesting. Like as to hear that from another like big big songwriter because yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Braden always says like his he's the greatest of all time is 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 Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like that's very much lyrical music. Yeah. And, and it's see, fantastic music. Uh, maybe maybe those lyrics are great, and I'm sure they are great. But mm-hmm. like if you took all of Bob Dylan's lyrics and brought like a new band and new singer with a vibe that like if something like like a band i'm super into right now is called mm-hmm. harbor if oh you, yeah if okay. you put if you put bob dylan lyrics on harbor music i probably yeah, like, fuck around with that all the time yeah yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i never listen to bob dylan right yeah, now though that's crazy just because i'm not i don't know like i like acoustic strumming stuff but in i don't know there's just something there's a genre to it where you're like yeah it's just not it's not and up i my think alley. that's that's what people are different right? like some some people will just be like i care so much more about the lyrics so yeah. i almost don't don't mind if this isn't my genre or my i need it i thing, need it's it. like for me too like i'm i'm obviously very much like a music based person so like for me it's it's much more important like does it have a sick beat a sick groove or or you know whatever else like is there something pretty going on i will notice that way before i noticed the the deep lyric not that i don't notice the deep lyrics i still like you know like i always thought like hosier is one of the best lyricists because it's just such deep stuff you know what i mean and i will or uh nathaniel rateliff yeah phenomenal lyricist those are great Um, merging of worlds too yeah lyrics and music gregory allen isaacoff i know you're a big fan of him as well like oh my god man that guy's yeah like so i definitely still recognize when someone is a phenomenal lyricist but it's not the first thing i noticed basically because like gregory gregory allen isaacoff like i noticed his pretty music first you know and then you the more listen i was like oh shit that's what he means and i was like damn like that has a huge meaning behind it you know so yeah oh yeah man it's cool to dive in and it's interesting too i had a friend of mine she lives in guelph as well um on one of the latest episodes actually um, oh she's a writer yeah Yeah, you guys are chatting about see i'm a fan of the podcast man i've listened to all of them yeah because she's like a poet right yeah you guys are chatting about him and she was saying she would like listen to his music and like that would inspire her as well to kind of write poetry right yeah but she comes from the other way too where it's like not necessarily that she's thinking of music to put her words to but only only words themselves Mm -hmm. you know and it's um and she said something very interesting as well where she was talking about like like it's 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 good for her to listen to music while she is writing her poetry because sure poetry is about the words and the meaning of the words but it does have rhythm and flow to it and i think especially like the flow thing like she would say like she would put on that you know the one that stream that everyone knows the the chill or the lo-fi tune or the lo-fi beats or whatever right and like she would be writing her poetry to it because it gives her a sense of like the, the what she is writing in her poetry kind of comes out in the same flow as as this mm-hmm. beat is or whatever so i thought that was a very interesting uh, one it, to listen to yeah actually. it is it is interesting like, and uh, uh jules who does um you know most of the if you hear another vocal part on my music it's it's jules yes yeah and she's yeah. also co-written some songs with me too the next one we've got coming out actually we did together as well nice but uh she does that a lot as well she'll listen to those study mm-hmm. beats and then yeah. just like kind of write to that eh? so man like uh, if we you know we could sit down i could bring some notebooks but her voice notes or her uh her not voice notes but just notes in yeah. her phone just words and it's words just words, and words. like yeah. and so we we'd sit down there's a project we wanted to start it's just fucking life is a bitch and uh, you want to start all these projects, but we we had one going for a little while when we lived together, where I would just sort of we just sort of be like, all right, strum some shit, like Joey, play some piano, and then yeah. and then she would just have some shit, and no matter what, oh like, yeah, and it'll just kind go of like, oh, I'll it. get from my vault, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, I've got something, yeah. yeah. And so what we yeah. wanted to do was just a good practice. Was like here, I'll practice kind of putting some music together. You practice singing, and and mm-hmm. we'll both practice arranging these things together. But then without any pressure of like 
okay, now we need that chorus. And then it goes yeah, reverse. It yeah. was just like a linear or, yeah. or whatever the fuck the song did. It was really, really fun to mm -hmm. work on. But um, it started with with words and then the words were themselves. And then it was like, here, I'll just write something. Yeah. And then you wrote it and it's like, it's almost like yeah. no matter what you do, you can put those words to it. Exactly. And you're not thinking of like, oh, I got to make a hook and yeah. I got to, you know, yeah, get the catchy part for the chorus and how are we going to get there? It's going to make, you know, yeah, you're just like kind of writing. a. That's kind of like, so just definitely listen to Bob Dylan because like that's a kind of cool thing that he was doing too, right? Where it's just like, I'm just kind of like writing words on a page and mm -hmm. sometimes you'll have like four verses in a row and you're like, yeah. oh my God. Like, I guess that's <laughs> why some people hate it because, yeah, it's all verse. you know, it is just all like, yeah, there is one full minute of music before yeah. something quote unquote exciting happens but like you know that's really cool in itself too you know what i mean it's just a different i guess it's a different uh discipline i suppose it is man yeah, yeah it depends i and i love um yeah i just love having like I don't know. I think I, I have started to try this a bit more where I've gotten a bit more comfortable with like production and, and mm -hmm. at least putting stuff together that I could show um, a producer like, hey, yeah. could you make this sound better? But demoing this is what stuff I want. out basically, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've been using a program um, called Splice that's been helping me out with it um, through Logic, actually. And you can use it in Pro Tools and shit. But uh, it just sort of gives you these recordings and, and clips of them or like... Uh, grooves or or extended oh yeah lines. just like kind of beats almost just yeah. gives you shit and yeah. the, it's funny how fast like i'll 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 uh you know piece something together on there or grab like a groove off of there and yep. then all of a sudden you're just now you're just rolling and you want to uh, know how we wrote the dakota mill record <laughs> yeah, <is> that, <laughs> that's yeah. how yeah yeah because I mean, you know the, the one thing that we didn't kind of have in in our hamilton studio is like really the facilities to be able to record drums properly like we had a drum kit and we had we could probably have just about pieced together enough like mics and all that to like get a decent sound but i was like it's not going to be the final because that's when we would go to to david partridge i was mentioning earlier and like we would do drums he's got a full studio and like yeah. and also because he is a drummer himself he records drums really well nice um so we always go to him for recording drums and um who records yeah. the drums on your guys stuff is it him or is it yeah him oh, he, yeah he so. plays them too oh. um in this for this record yes he did mm. um for because i mean that was kind of like a just so happened because of covid situation because we have ryan mcneil who is our drummer in the band we have we have a phenomenal band at the moment i mean ryan mcneil and uh, eric bernhardt they both went to the humber jazz program and then uh our uh, eric is our guitar player and then uh, dan walton um he studied jazz uh he's actually uh, studied guitar jazz at uh mohawk i believe but he is our mm. bass player he just all three stellar stellar musicians and uh yeah so on our on our previous on on that living ghosts um ep um that when we were playing that show with you that was uh ryan play, playing the drums and on the ep before that as well okay um the first ep was very much done by brayden and david um and i did a little bit of stuff on it but not that much then um yeah then from that second ep was very much like kind of done as a band almost where like yeah. we had figured out the songs kind of on stage almost so we all, all had our own parts mm -hmm. um and then yeah same with the living ghost stuff um and then this one was like this one was a situation where because between brayden and i we play you know enough instruments like that was all recorded by us not because we didn't want to have the other guys play on it but like we literally weren't allowed you know what i yeah, mean like you just couldn't get them in no yeah. and like it was it wasn't safe and you weren't even allowed to have like especially like for studio stuff you weren't allowed to be in studio so like we Braden and i we would like you know Braden would have 
he would play guitar. Essentially, what you're hearing is Braden would play play all the rhythm guitar and then some of the lead guitar parts as well. Um, and then for all the keys and and the kind of the other lead guitar parts and um, you know. Yeah, piano synthesizers, and uh, I actually played some saxophone on it. I played some accordion on it. Um, no banjo, I don't think on. I think on one of the ones that actually didn't make the cut. But there's some banjo on that one. <laughs> there but, is uh, banjo. Yeah, but you know, it's like any like any of the other kind of random instruments. Um, like we were able to do ourselves, so that's how we were fortunate enough to kind of be able to make the whole record work. And then David, like that was one of those things where we would have loved to have Ryan play on it, but we weren't literally weren't allowed like we tried to make it work but it we weren't allowed to be in this one room you know what i mean yeah, that was like it would be like i think one time we even planned to do drums and go to the studio but then that was like oh yeah, we'll do that in three weeks and then in that three weeks we went into another lockdown or something yeah. we're like fuck <laughs> you know what i mean so and at one point like we need drums so on this record yeah david is playing drums on all of them but the way that the drums are written like Braden and i essentially wrote the drum parts uh. by either it would be like a i also have just gigs and gigs of, of drum samples and stuff like yeah. that so it'd be either um a case where like we found one that kind of fit and it's just to kind of write to just right? to go to yeah and yeah, then yeah. and then others that it was literally like i could hear what beat i wanted and i would just like copy and paste kicks and snares exactly. and like you know it doesn't sound like the end result but it, it's enough to demo it it's right there, it's uh, there. Or, or we used um uh, what's it called the virtual drummer or something like one of the contact um uh, instrument packs where it's like yeah. you can have like a virtual drummer and again like it's one of those things where like we're gonna do drums later but like we need something to write to yeah you need those beats. so yeah, exactly right yeah, so without that out. you're not gonna be able to kind of fully get get your song demoed out so yeah no that's a, those are really great tools to have for sure fuck yeah man yeah um fuck well one more time if i can uh if you can press pause for me i'll go pee one more time okay. before we wrap it up sweet um, okay <clears throat> yeah man I, I wanted to actually um the solo i just wanted to say the solo on nonsense is fucking oh killer thank you man thank <laughs> you yeah that one was actually fun uh that was like a, one of those moments where that that song was a, one of the cases of a chord progression that i started writing and right. then um that was a very collaborative one uh, my favorite part almost of that song is that last section because that song the whole first section um like up until I guess you could call it like the bridge, but it's almost not a bridge. It's almost like a B section. Yeah. Everything up until that point, I wrote the music for, and then Braden wrote the chord progression for that last part. But that part, I really, really like where it kind of opens up and, uh, yeah. you know, it, that's when it gets like all the, the horns in there and everything. I think there's even a harp in there and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, the solo was, uh, I kind of, from the get-go hurt because we don't really do solos necessarily much in our in our music. We've done a, definitely a couple, but uh, not in general. Um, I should actually mention, I think I forgot to mention earlier, Eric um, did play slide guitar on this record um, and also played lead guitar on one of the other lead, uh, unreleased songs. So he mm. did, he was the only kind of member other than Braden and I that, because that was, that happened kind of almost after the fact that we were like, oh, let's add a solo there. And it was like, hey, I think things are open up enough that we can get Eric to play on that. So that was good because he's a much better guitar player than I am. Um, but yeah, no, I, I already heard the solo there and I was like, uh, that the key the the electric piano it's also always such a good instrument we actually put an electric piano through my deluxe reverb through some guitar pedals even a little bit of crunch on there and uh yeah no that was a fun one that was one of those where i just like did the solo and i think i did i did it all in one take and then um i ended up 
then redoing the kind of last half when it becomes kind of cordy because mm. that's where it was like like that's why i say like this is very much co-produced because i would say like i technically produced it but then there was things where it's like i did the solo in a certain way and then brayden was sitting next to me and he was like oh my god that was so sick and then he was like oh but I, I kind of like when you're doing that last part what if you try like something like this so like even the solo sections like we did kind of co-write them you know yeah. like whoever was playing it was always like oh but try that and so then he suggested oh maybe try to kind of do these chords that go like kind of down mm. i always have to kind of translate brayden's gibberish of like kind of like <laughs> and then i go i think i know what you mean i um, do that all the time yeah. <laughs> so yeah no that was uh it was a fun solo to play for sure but you're so you're, it's fun to do live too you have um you got way more of a knowledge of like the theory of like speaking yeah. music than yes, uh, yeah. but like you can still and sometimes it, you know? yeah it's like funny to kind of <laughs> because then when you're in a situation with like session musicians yeah. like when i'm engineering a project or something and you can just be like you know this, that, and the other. Like, go to the four chord, and like, Brain is he wouldn't even know what that is. And like, not to say that he's he's absolutely a, a, not a bad musician at all. Yeah, but, like, of course. He just doesn't have that like theoretical training, right? Yeah. So it's well, like, it's like funny play to... me, play me a play me a B major seven. It's like yeah. you play it, and you're like, that's a B seven. I yeah. said B major seven. This is bitch. the funniest thing, actually. What what he'll say, and this is where like because the other guys in the band too are like they're trained jazz musicians, so they also know like you all know that. notation, whatever. Yeah. And Brain Major is like. We'll be like, oh, uh, what, what, what is this song? And he goes, oh, this song's in half step. And we're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> half step isn't a key. Like that is just something you do to your guitar so you can play something easier. Like that's not a key. You know, yeah. it's like a flat or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's easier yeah. to sing it that. Yeah, way. but he's like, oh, it's, it's in half step. I'm like, that doesn't exist, mate. <laughs> Dude, um, I, I always got into that with Sean when we were playing. Not got into it, but it would always yeah. be a thing where I would be like, I'd have a capo in fourth. Yeah, oh, oh, this something. song's in capo yeah, four. Yeah, like, yeah. no. He's like, that, what chord are you playing? I was like, a G. Son of fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's i got very good over the years like playing Benji's just like translating all of that like because that's a really good thing with him and i right now we're so like kind of played in on each other like yeah. we could sit down and not even speak a word and kind of know what the other person wants almost and yeah. kind of where the direction and uh yeah like that's definitely one thing that i very much learned uh for sure with this album too with like kind of getting all the lingo figured out and he'd be like it's something like you know like this or that and i'd be like i think i know what you mean this is what it actually is and then you know we'd kind of go from there so yeah it's well this sort of, yeah. i guess this sort of ties into the thing i want to ask you about here at the end is um about but like the stuff you've got going on but it's mm -hmm. interesting in that sense to be um i was thinking of it more as like if i went into a co-writing session with somebody who i just met like for the first yeah. time it would actually be hard maybe to um, get the the best thing that we could do together on that first session. Maybe we want to do yeah. three co-writes and then yeah. we'll see what I would, we're saying. I would definitely say so. Like, I'd almost feel like, um, I mean, I'm not in all cases, but in some cases it's almost better to just hang out first because that, yeah, I think yeah. like the thing with music and, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, like music is such a personal thing, like especially singing and writing because it's like, it just comes from you and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's almost difficult to kind of have another person, like allow another person to take that and do something with it. So yeah, it's sometimes it's like, like even brain, like we've been friends for a long time. And even that it took like a couple of years before he like let me into his world almost mm -hmm. of like, okay, I can change things that he's done now before right. it was always like, I would suggest him be like, Oh, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's almost sometimes like if you don't have that trust with the person that you're working with and it's beyond like a actual writer, it's the same with a producer. You know, one big thing is definitely like you have to, make sure that the artist is comfortable with what you're doing and and like whoever you're working with like it's 
because you can't because otherwise the person will close off as well you know like they'll just kind of stay back you, you want you got to bring be able to bring that out of, of the person that you're working with as well and i definitely think it's a very very important thing to be to know who you're working with and and be comfortable with them and yeah it, it is also definitely a part of it is allowing yourself to to give mm-hmm. um and that comes from from both ways like also as a producer right like you can't just go we're only doing my suggestions like sometimes you suggest something and it doesn't happen right um but yeah it's definitely a big part of it is is being comfortable with the person you're working with and and knowing them well and you know and trusting that what they're gonna do is gonna be good and is gonna it is for the betterment of the song like that's the thing like some people also don't always realize is like the producer isn't just trying to like inherently change what you've done and like what you did was shit and that's why i'm changing it's like no like their job is to just like take the song to the next level almost right so they're they're only gonna make suggestions that they think is gonna make the song better right yeah yeah and it's interesting too because they'll they'll have their own uh version of what that means right Mm -hmm. of like taking it to what sounds sounds great but um i think there's like a, a an interesting interface between um being somebody who's strictly a songwriter where you you know I had I had a conversation with my friend recently about where she's somebody who only like will will she doesn't fuck around with Dawes. Mm-hmm. She doesn't fuck around with like laying stuff down and sending yeah. a demo. It's like a voice recording, here's or let me play it for you yeah. kind of vibe. And um <clears throat> she's had she's like fucking awesome music and it's Mm -hmm. like super it feels unique and it feel but it still feels like it it sits in a genre it doesn't feel completely abstract or anything like that which is totally fine too but whatever but um she she's kind of pushes against the just sinking into singing completely total pop stuff like in in the sense of like here i'll go to a producer and sing on on what they've made she yeah. she wants to like create yeah, the she's song like, i want to only if i've yeah and i mean and hey that's cool and that's mm-hmm. your thing and like that's where it's kind of like that's again the beauty of kind of to bring it full circle like that's the beauty of so much music being released is like you there's an opportunity for like everyone that has their own thing to do what they think what, is yeah. the best and what they think is cool right and like i do definitely think that it's very important to collaborate i do think that it's important to not that this person wouldn't right because she then does collaborate with producers right. and with engineers and stuff but some people are like oh yeah, i'm gonna do everything myself and like this is just me it's like well there's a reason that people collaborate and it's because that's how you get the best product there's a reason that people have jobs like being an engineer and being a producer mm-hmm. right um so it is good to collaborate but yeah no it's also like that's where everyone has their unique thing where it's like i can do a lot of it myself so i'm going to or I really just like that process of working with someone Mm -hmm. or when it's someone that you are comfortable with, you're like, I know if I do something with that person, it's going to sound great. Right. So it's just different approaches. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, man. Like just thinking of that, it's, um, I have, I have a couple of buddies. One in particular comes to mind that where he's such a fucking like killer songwriter, um, can write it like play, play anything. He's got something for yeah. you immediately. Like yeah. whether or not you want to work with that. If you don't, he'll have something else right away. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. He's yeah. so, so sick at it. And, but then he, his focus is mainly more on, he's like, his interest at least is more on like, I want to produce and I want to figure out how to make just hitting t- tunes that just hit and d- mm-hmm. just move and just feel great and that have high energy and are just awesome. And he's almost like, tucked a bit away from songwriting yeah but in my mind i'm like dude you can you're such a fucking awesome songwriter so i guess i guess kind of where i'm leading into this is that you can be great at stuff but you have the things that you that 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 are 
close to home where you're like, I want to pursue, I want to be a producer. I don't necessarily yeah. want to, I don't want to be a songwriter, independent yeah, artist. I exactly, be right? It's a, like a mixer or a producer, or whatever. For sure. And that's where you almost have to kind of go with what you're best at, right? Because you do have to kind of go, well, I mean, all of us that are in the kind of any artistic, uh, you know, field go into it because we love doing it, right? And, um, you definitely have to find what you love about it and do that. Like, sure, you could be a phenomenal at this thing, but if that's not what you want to do, then you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, this person probably is just like, yeah, I mean, sure, I, I could, like I could technically do that, but I wouldn't enjoy doing that as much as I, because I really love producing and I really love, like that's what, one of the things I have. I really genuinely love producing because it's taking something that, is just that guitar and vocal, and then you create an entire song around it. Mm -hmm. It's so fun to do that, you know? It's so fun to go, oh, what if we do this? Oh, that'll be so great. And sometimes you try and you're like, no, nah, that sounds like shit, and then you kind of have a laugh about <laughs> it, and then you move. But, oh, but then that thing we did is so, like, that feeling of creating in that way, like, it's still, it's, it, it's similar and different both to songwriting where like when you're writing a song you're obviously just thinking of like well what chords should we do and what what words and what parts are next but like when you're producing a song you're still writing right you're still just like coming up with parts is super super fun to me and that's why i enjoy doing that like actually i'll put it like this like a lot of people that are audio engineers do you know like i'm i, I can engineer your stuff i can mix your stuff and i can master your stuff per for me personally I have the abilities to master, but I don't do it. And you could almost go, but like, you can do it. And there's so much money in there. Like, it, why don't you just, yeah, because it's not what I feel like I'm best at. Right. And it's not what I feel like, yeah, like I, I don't enjoy that the most. I much prefer mixing where, you know, you're working on all the different elements and bringing out like just one track, whereas mastering, obviously you're, you're just working on the piece as a whole. And, but then the mastering engineers is like, oh, but I just love, you know, when, when you get that song and you just get those final touches on it and now it sounds perfect and they might not want to be in a mix where you're like, oh, now I'm looking at 50 or 60 tracks and like, it's a nightmare and just trying to bring the kick up a little bit and now that messes up the whole mix you know it's a mm. it you, you got to really go for because what you do find the most fun is what you're going to be the best because that's what you're going to spend the most time doing and the only way that you get good at stuff is by spending time doing it absolutely man yeah. and it's i mean like the stuff yeah it's maybe even not even the best thing or the thing that you're best at right now but the thing that you find at least uh most interesting mm -hmm. that you enjoy pursuing the yeah. most or whatever it is right but uh yeah with that being said like the things that because i know you you know you've got dakota mill project going on and that's yeah. um a big part of what what you focus on musically but it's not necessarily the um the only thing that you're doing so you're you're kind of focusing on setting up a studio to to do a, a variety of things but also yeah. are you looking to like get into more um producing like other bands like you ha helped dakota yeah. mill stuff and yeah and i mean like dakota mill it was one of those things where where that kind of really took over a lot of what i was doing in music so to kind of explain almost the path that i have taken in music is uh i mean obviously like we kind of i kind of nerded out about classical stuff earlier i started playing classical piano at five but i really wanted to play drums so my parents told me i fucking hated playing piano when i was young <laughs> now, I, now i'm like and my parents told me like you're gonna thank us later for this you know and i've I absolutely do. <laughs> I thank um, them for the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was one of those things where like next to my lessons was a drum lesson. I really wanted to play drums. You know, I've been a big Queen fan my whole life. I was just like, I want to be like Roger Taylor. And um, 
you know, so my parents were like, all right, if you want to play drums, you're only allowed to play drums if you keep playing piano. So I was like, all right, keep playing piano. So I got to play drums, play guitar, learn bass after. And, you know, from there, like when you have a, when you have a music theory knowledge and when you've got three or four instruments on your belt, like it is e- much easier to kind of like tag all these other ones kind of on top of it. It's so, easier to think about it too. Yeah. Right? Like, and like, cause like I never actually had guitar lessons, but I taught guitar because I played classical piano. So I knew theory and I knew melody and chords and whatever. And then I played drums and I did have drum lessons. So I know rhythms and I know, you know, how that works. So what is guitar? It's a combination of chords and melody and rhythm. So it's like you kind of go, well, I know how this works. And then I literally just Googled chord shapes and went from there. Right. So it is definitely like if you have a solid understanding of music in general, then, yeah, it is easier to kind of tax stuff on but yeah then obviously you know now you're in the kind of you'd gravitate towards all the other music kids and then um this was when i where i grew up in holland uh when i was 14 i moved to canada and um went to i went to high school here but obviously i'm right into grade nine basically the summer that i moved here and then um met a good friend of mine zach boswell he actually goes uh his artist name is zach oliver he's a very good artist from from toronto and um me and him started making music together in high school no way and uh, yeah and then uh we actually the way that I kind of got into recording then is we, uh, our school started offering, we, we were very lucky with a very, really dope music teacher. His name is Chris Carson Foster. He is an absolute, like he has done so much for Milton District High School for their music program. He's a super, super dope guy. And uh, he, one year was just like, I want to set up like a cool music program. And he got in contact with like the school boards or whatever and set up a schism for recording so me and he's like a handy guy too so me and zach and him built a studio like a small studio in the school and we got like the kids from like the construction classes to like make all the frames and stuff so it was like a, <laughs> it's a funny it. little thing and that's we literally it. like built a studio and then and then we were he had a couple of contacts and, and zach and i were, were lucky enough to be able to um, record two of our songs at a professional with Mark Underdown a studio at a studio on Moffat Underdown Studios and that was like what really like being in a studio for the first time immediately I was like I love this like yeah. setting up microphones like I'm like he was he was doing he was obviously the engineer and I was watching him like a hawk like it just immediately when we we're in there I was like this is all so interesting I want to learn this and then we did this, like, we had this music program. And because we had then the studio in, in, in the school, it essentially was like, I, at one point in grade 12, I had um, first period vocal class, second period guitar class, and then third period lunch. So that was essentially like three and a half hours or whatever, so four sad. hours of like just being a music. And because we had this music program, because Zach and I were, uh, Zach and I specifically were like kind of, uh, um, you know, a, a part of like the better musicians in the class. Our teacher, Miss Foster, would just kind of give us, he would be like, this is your project, write a song and record it. So it essentially gave me like an entire semester of every morning for four hours fucking around. I knew nothing about, like, I mean, I just knew from YouTube, right? Like yeah. how to record. And like, I would just spend hours and hours and hours in in, um, in Logic I was at the, uh, on the school computers just fucking recording whatever you know like recording some songs and it was so cool to just be able to play and experiment and whatever and then from that i was like i actually like my whole like i've always was you know good at math and science and whatever so i kind of 
done, done my whole high school career to be an engineer and then i got into guelph university for mechanical engineering and i was like yeah, I don't know if that's what I want to do. And then I <laughs> literally last minute kind of did a 180 and ended up going to like a, a to, to audio school. Uh, so I went to Toronto and I did like a mentorship program with uh, this guy, Doug Romano. Uh, and he worked out of Noble Street Studios. And um, that was a wildly, wildly cool experience. So we, I went from just like fucking around the studio to... Mm having a mentorship with like an established engineer oh, like, producer in toronto like toronto's top studios oh my God. Top it's five. a multi multi yeah. top it's top two it's gotta like be that place two. and revolution recording essentially like yeah. size wise yeah and they have a couple there's other couple good studios you know like the orange yeah. lounge and stuff but, but like people in terms of people who record there and shit yeah like, like noble studio is like is built from the ground up to be the best yeah it can be you know yeah. what i mean and if so, you yeah if you've been there you, yeah you know you so you know, know and then yeah exactly right and then you know i did my audio school and then because i was in the that studio he worked out of that studio predominantly doug did and then um that kind of then the manager knew my face and then obviously doug uh, very kindly put in a good word with uh with the manager there and i was able to intern at um at noble street for like uh two and a half three ish years basically where by the end of that i'm essentially you know an assistant engineer mm -hmm. um and that was like the even coolest like that was just like uh you know that experience in high school on steroids where i'm in a multi-million dollar studio with an s two ssl boards and every vintage mic and every vintage piece of equipment you could ever ask for and yeah my literal teachers are the industry leading guys you know like i'm working under gavin brown and and his team working with the bare naked ladies like i've got all these cool names that i can now brag with you know what yeah. i mean three days grace and like i learned how to record drums from eddie kramer like he is the only person who in the 60s was allowed to record Jimi hendrix like that's cool you know what i mean so like i got Did you talk to him about lsd at all um no no not really uh that didn't come up uh, but he actually it's funny like you do get to know kind of because i also uh actually i shouldn't, shouldn't say too much here but like, i don't, don't want to talk shit about people right? but it's, it's essentially funny like how you know some of these legendary engineers you meet and you're like you're a fucking dick you know what i mean like oh, yeah i get like you get that you're really good at what you do but like wow you're terrible to be around it kind of makes sense and then, yeah it kind of makes sense but then other ones that you're like oh my god you're so nice and you know obviously because of that environment because you're working with the best artists in the world a lot of the time it's like this had should have been done 10 minutes ago you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. like it is but like that's such a good learning environment right so that's where really i got to like hone my skills as, as an audio engineer and also to be able to shadow producers like gavin brown and uh, garth richardson did like the um the, uh, I did a big rec record or I was able to, you know, be the assistant essentially on that, which was, that was working with a band that I really like too. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think Gavin's um, still doing stuff with uh, Noble Street quite a bit. I at least yep. remember uh, Maddie Leon. With Maddie Leon, yeah, because he started producing yeah, Maddie Leon. Not I remember the latest I, album, but the one before. Yeah, because I started then playing shows with Maddie and then I was like, oh, wait, you're working with Gavin? Oh, I used to work with Gavin. It's, yeah. it's kind of cool. And I, works, I remember but... him talking about that the yeah. style of like the differences mm -hmm. of his latest two albums of recording with gavin at the uh, yep. noble street stuff so yeah. i think he's still that was like in the last few years so i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure gavin yeah i mean by there. at this point it's you know six seven years ago that i was at noble street even right so but yeah i mean that was just like a place where i literally got to watch the best engineers and producers work so i learned so much there yeah um and then you know after that at one point i I, I wanted to get the job there, but it's such a competitive thing to get in and you essentially have to wait until 
someone quits to then get into the that's the kind of downfall of doing the internship is like you can get really lucky and and get that slot but like if they already have enough staff they're not going to fire someone to hire you you essentially have to wait until someone leaves to get that position to open up and at one point i was like okay i've been waiting for like half a year for this and i have no money left and like I, I essentially ended up ended up leaving because I already I was at the point where like, I've learned so much, but I'm ready for that next step of yeah. like really being the, the the assistant on all the sessions and yeah. you know. So then I went the freelance route and I did. Uh, that's where um, David Partu, as I mentioned earlier, he had a studio in Milton and um, I was teaching lessons, like teaching like piano and drums lessons and whatever, and and working for him. And then uh, because he had the studio, he very kindly let me use that and kind of engineer out of that was helm recordings so i did you know freelance engineering and producing and that's when that's where like because i play so many instruments i always was good at kind of keeping the musicality in there so some some audio engineers like i knew a couple that didn't even play any music but it is sometimes a good combination when you do play music as well because you can really keep the musicality in it and do producing then so that's when I like combined the the engineering, which I really enjoy, and playing music, which I really enjoy, and and started producing then, and yeah. and that's yeah, like what I I really really enjoy doing. Um, so yeah, I was doing the kind of freelance stuff, and um, I at one point then I was doing that, and then uh, Brayden and I started playing together, and I was doing kind of both, where I was doing a lot of the the freelance audio work and playing in the band. But then at one point, like we really started to get some traction, and then. You know, we started recording a lot and we started like playing a lot of shows and then we started touring. So then at one point it was like, okay, the um, the Dakota Mill had taken over a lot from what, from from my other audio work. And I, I'm always very opportunistic. So I'm like, oh, if that's a good opportunity that's coming up, let me roll with that, right? Yeah. So then, then I really rolled with that pretty heavily. And then, um, you know, the pandemic happened and that literally kind of, put everything upside down just so. shuffled the cards again, exactly dude. right so then <laughs> someone pulled a random shuffle oh card oh my like, god man <laughs> fucking pick up 25 in, yeah, in uno yeah, or whatever yeah. nope put them all down yeah a new 25 <laughs> yeah. literally it was just like how can i fuck <laughs> up every artistic industry more than something like that right <laughs> I had a good so. fucking hand i gotta pick up yeah. come on dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no so then it went from like um from doing the full like so then i was so heavily into the live stuff which i also really enjoy doing i love being on stage right and i've been mm-hmm. with you as well um um and then yeah so it went from from being like working as, as at a studio to doing it freelance for myself to really being into the whole live band situation then the pandemic happened and it really kind of changed everything then obviously we all lost our incomes and you know i i did another job for a long time and um now i'm i'm really getting back into fully doing the uh the audio cuz you know touring really still hasn't fully picked up yet anyway like i'm now fully back into the cuz i still like i've throughout the whole time was just focused on fully doing the code mode because like you know beyond just engineering that i was editing everything and for those other audio engineers listening to this Y'all know how fucking long editing takes, right? So I essentially was full, not not full time, but like outside of my other job, always spending time on yeah. on on editing the record and and you know doing the kind of pre mix to send to, to David then to, to fully mix. But you know, so I was so busy with that, and then now I'm I'm going back into the world of of you know I still love engineering, I still love really love producing and mixing as well. I've done fair uh, I've 
good a good amount of mix work as well so yeah now i'm fully back into the working with bands engineering um producing and and mixing and i kind of at this point also i'm like i will do just whatever audio work i just like recording i mm-hmm. i love everything there is to do with recording so I've, I've done some voiceover work as well and you know a lot of edit work too you know, editing podcasts or editing you know when other people record and they don't want to edit themselves or you know there's definitely a lot of skill involved in editing as well so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I essentially do anything uh related to recording music so, yeah. and like audio stuff too because i know mm-hmm. you were saying you're doing some voiceover stuff as yeah, well right yeah yeah because yeah. i mean that's just stuff where i'm going like hey if that's if that's an area as I, like i said I, i'm i always try to be quite opportunistic and i'm going oh, if that's an area where there yeah. is something to do and because you know we all know it's not easy to be a full-time musician or full-time engineer or producer yeah. until you're very very established so at the end of the day you also kind of go i'll do whatever it takes for me to be able to do this full-time you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's why i'm also like i will do whatever <laughs> i need to do to yeah. just do this right so yeah, it's tough, man. There's so many to to make it. It's it's so weird, like to make a career in music. It mm-hmm. just seems so uh, whatever avenue that is, whether yeah. you're a producer or a recording engineer or a mastering yeah. engineer or like a writer or a session player or fucking combo of any of those. It's yeah. like, oh fuck, man. It's it's a hard one to get into. It's almost like uh, sports in a, in totally, a way where yeah. you're like... Like four people out of 400,000 <laughs> yeah. make it, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe sports is a little harder because like, if you invest all your time, it's not like you can slide out of wanting to be a professional hockey player and be like, well, yeah, I'll just do you, baseball then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just do a completely... De- not these days. No, not like, no, you know, no, Back in the day, no. I think it was almost possible, but like, yeah, these days, definitely. Yeah, like that's, I guess you could go, ah, you know, but if you don't make it as the the producer you, you're still an engineer like uh, and i guess if you mm-hmm. don't do that i told with my band or whatever yeah it is a maybe a bit more easier to kind of slide sideways into something but uh totally yeah but, you, but you can always still with those things like with sports like you know after a certain age like if you're 30 and you still want to be a pro hockey player yeah it's mm-hmm. like you're not gonna be one yeah it's o- yeah. actually if you were one it's almost over for you now yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you definitely like sports there's i mean same with like i have definitely less not not necessarily so but like there's also sometimes especially for certain genres like a kind of a golden age that you want to be like a range of of, of an age that you want to be uh to really like you know uh, to be for it to be much easier to be successful essentially mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean music is definitely one where like your hands can still work as well when you're 40 or 50 than when yeah. you're in your 20s right so yeah i would say like for longevity definitely like you can do music for the rest of your life you know you still mm-hmm. i always you know what a bands i always find the most impressive metal bands like where like you oh, see yeah. like slayer now and like i just I, I sure i enjoy them i was never like a metal head or anything but like men you see those guys fucking play shows they are rocking the shit out of the stage and they're like 80 and they're not only 80 they've also been doing acid their whole life you know what i mean it's just like how are you doing that fucking rolling stones yeah it's wild dude it's like how they're still kicking it right but i wonder if it's a bit of um like music seems almost like one of those things where like a lot of a lot of the 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 really popular music is younger folks like Mm -hmm. between who knows 15 and 25 or something yeah sure um and I wonder if it almost seems like that, like it's almost a younger person's thing because when you're younger, you're just more um, 
influenced by what's presented yeah. to you and so if you're I think somebody that's part of it and it's know? also like a feeling often like especially i think almost in your, in your early 20s when like like i have something to say and i, I, I you know i have this in me and i want to get it come out not that that doesn't always happen later for people mm -hmm. like i know some artists even that i'm like oh you got famous when you were 35 and yeah that's equally as cool but yeah like it does but i mean i think it also then ties into the like let's be honest how life works where like you get into your 20s and you're like, well, now I have no money and I need to live somewhere, preferably not in my parents' basement, that you then go, oh, I get a job and then one thing leads to the next and now you're not really doing as much music anymore. So I think that's how also a lot of people just tend to like drift away from it almost. Well, that too, yeah. Um, that too, so yeah, yeah, there's definitely multiple vari variables going in there, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's got a different path, right? It's one of those things, man. Like really, it is one of those things. Whatever, whatever passion you have, like... You know, there are people that maybe they don't realize they're full of shit. Maybe mm -hmm. they just like the community or they like the idea that everybody would listen to them or something. There's a lot yeah. of ego involved in creativity. Yeah, and I mean, because you know? it's funny too, because like, I feel like we're almost been talking a lot about as like, oh, you can do it and all this stuff. But it's also some people that do it that you're like, you're in this for all of the wrong reasons. Like, yeah. I've even worked with people that I'm like, I can tell that you want to be a famous artist. And I'm like, you're almost, you have a in my opinion, a, a lot smaller chance of actually making it at that point because if you're too focused on just being an artist and like, I just want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous. Like I remember even doing like an, I did a, like a panel interview once and um, one of the questions, uh, Braden and I did it like as Dakota Mill. One of the questions was, um, you know, if you could like, like how much would you pay to like be able to, record with your favorite artist or be able to collaborate with your favorite artist and i remember like and this is i think where maturity comes in a little bit as well because like you know one of the people on the panel was like a younger aspiring pop artist and he was just like oh my god like i love justin bieber and i would pay like a hundred thousand dollars to work with him or whatever and i like then it came to you know people had different types of answers and most of them were like oh my god i would do this to work with that person and like then it came to Braden and i and we're kind of going like well, like, I don't, like, really, I wouldn't pay um, an amount of money to be able to work with someone who I love. It's like, oh, I no. want to work with someone because I like working with them yeah. and, like, they're cool to work with or whatever. And if I also don't want to work, I don't want to pay someone to work with them. I want to work with someone because they want to work with me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. if they're not stoked on my stuff, then what's the fucking reason for me to, like, want to yeah. work with them, right? So it was like, it was kind of like, a, th that's where I felt like, Brain and I had definitely had more maturity like in the industry than like a young like an 18 year old aspiring pop artist to kind of not to say that they're all like that absolutely not but like it is very much so like if you're in there to like be like oh I just want to work with that person I just want to be rich and famous is like that's not the reason like Brayden and I were literally saying like we love making music yeah. and like sure if Mount Joy wants to do a record with us fuck yeah dude yeah. like i would love to yeah, like we'll those are studio costs yeah yeah stuff, literally like not to sure. work with and you like, and hey if i'm working with a producer i will pay that like yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah, thing yeah, of like yeah. you you pay people and yeah. people need to pay rent but like yeah. at the same time i would not pay i would not go let me throw a hundred grand at this person just to be able to work with them you know like that's yeah. not kind of what you should be in you shouldn't be huh. in this industry to just become rich and famous i totally agree with you but it almost like raises a weird question in my head because i totally agree like if there's a co-write that you want to work with, 
it's like okay well send us over 10 grand and then we'll set the co-write up it's like yeah what the fuck we've lost the yeah. intimacy it's almost yeah. like I, it's like it's like i like this yeah. girl i want to go on a date and she's like 50 bucks yeah you're like well from, yeah. do you want to be here yeah. i don't know <laughs> i don't know what yeah. to do <laughs> she's like i know i'm not a hooker i just you yeah, want to go on a date it, or yeah. what? You're like, well, yeah. why am I paying for this? But then you're right. Like a, yeah, a producer, a recording engineer. Yeah, like you, there you, is. You can't just work in a kumbaya. You no, fucking... yeah. At, at, at one point, it's like, yeah, there has to be. And I mean, that's where like the arts are difficult in a sense too, because like I hate talking about money. Like I think most yeah. creatives do, right? And it's like, but at the end of the day, like you need it. The homestead Fuck. holding company that owns this apartment yeah. doesn't care about me yeah. going like, but I've worked well, with someone really cool. Yeah. Like, you know, you so at the end of song. the day, like, yeah, you do need to get paid at one point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that's not like what the basis should be of, of the reason. That, yeah, because is there potential to make a shit ton of money? Sure. If you're the biggest artist out there, absolutely. You're loaded. But at the same time, there's also a lot of people that just work in the industry and they just make a living. And to me... That's as impressive as being the big artist, being the big, the biggest producer in the world. Sure, it's great, but like, it's so impressive to just like. There's almost like, a, I'm sure you've had it as well. Like being a musician, you talk to certain people, especially ones that do have very established jobs, and they're just like, but you know, like, so what else you got? Well, what's your the back or whatever it is, right? And you're like, well. It's like, it's, it's equally as like, I can just make a living in this. And like, it's equally as impressive just doing that. And yeah. versus like, oh, I'm have to, like, it's almost like if you are in a creative space and you don't make a million dollars, you're unsuccessful. Whereas like you can be in any other industry and make your normal salary per year and it's just normal, but it's all of a sudden not normal when you're in a creative um job well, that's a weird that's feeling i yeah. get sometimes bahamas has a sweet tune about it he he sings this tune like i make my money with my hands or something Is that the, that yeah lyric? make my money with my yeah, yeah. Like, no he has that lyric i, I kind of wrapped no. it there but it's something about no that's i think it's how he sings it isn't it yeah I make yeah. my money with my hands. That, that's like one of my i was like brayden and i both of our like favorite bahamas lyrics is yeah like uh there's no company car or something mm -hmm, there's no yeah. end of the bar or end of the bar or some shit passing that's, the bar or whatever yes, he says man yeah um, i really really love that song yeah yeah, yeah that's i'm trying to remember more of the lyrics now i haven't listened to that i need to listen to that record again it's now. like i can't be everything to everyone i think it's in that song yeah yeah on, on uh one of his latest records that was his latest record that yeah. was the last one he did yeah was it earth i tones? know that for yeah it was on, it was earth, on earth tones um i think was it earth tones or is there, is, is there another one since then well yeah. fucking hell it was whatever his most recent because i kind of list i do this thing where i listen to entire discographies of people yeah. so i listened to the whole thing i'm like i can't remember but i know it's his latest one and yeah like my favorite lyric was is like it was something like yeah i, I like i make my money with my head because that almost relates it to like you know if, if you're if you're a carpenter or whatever like yeah you make your money with your hands but like how is that different than from making your money with your hands with a guitar you know what exactly. i mean so it's not yeah. man it's just it's just weirder because people mm -hmm. people need there's only one way to fix well i'm sure there's maybe a few ways to fix a pipe yeah but there's not like as many ways to fix a pipe as exactly, there is to write a yeah. fucking song but, but in like, a creative yeah like, like there's all there are all of these niche things where like yeah you can be like i'm just an audio engineer and that's how i make my living and that's great and other people where like i was saying like there is definitely a lot of money and voiceover and stuff as well and if you are able to crack into that industry that's awesome and yeah. like so cool that you can have that be your full-time living yeah. you know it's oh, like yeah. you don't have to be a millionaire that doesn't that's not the the definition of of success right yeah yeah just yeah. just yeah making a living of it and mm -hmm. and being happy right like yeah. pursuing if if creativity is your 
your pursuit to happiness that's fucking awesome if yeah. you're accomplishing it and um whether you're doing session work and then producing and stuff whatever it is man it's it's fucking really really cool yeah. so i mean with that being said like before we wrap it up here i mean i would love to do another one of these where we just Absolutely. sort of like set up your keyboard and like get a guitar going we maybe oh, just like dude. improvise something or just try to write uh, yeah, a tune man. like we yeah, like that's what I love doing too, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's again, like kind of what, what the reason you get into it, right? It's like, I just love sitting down with, with yeah, other musicians yeah. and, uh, and making music. Well, either way, we got to get some beers and uh, mm -hmm. come here and just uh, record some stuff, try to write a song. Cause it's fun to do that too, man. Like just to get, to get together with some friends and, uh, or, you know, whatever by yourself even, and just sort of be like, all right. I'm not writing because this is going to be my next release. Yeah, I'm, I'm just writing. writing. I'm just I writing. literally had a conversation like writing. that yesterday. Yeah. I was talking to uh, a good friend of mine, Matt McCarthy. He's uh, he's uh, like a songwriter and a producer himself and um but he he is uh, he came he came from music and then went into the kind of more technical side where like well I mean I guess I did too but like I went the technical route already where he is very much like a songwriter. Um and he was going like, "Oh man, I'd love to kind of like uh, maybe get you over and just kind of give me some tips on like when I'm demoing stuff with the artist that I'm writing with, it would really help me kind of like you're saying too, like kind of help you when you do get into the studio then. And I was like, yeah, totally dude. And then we were kind of just being saying like, oh, you know, we'll just uh, chill afterwards and have a couple beers or something. And then, we were literally saying like, yeah, we should just jam because he was someone that I didn't realize that he actually was like a songwriter. I thought he mm -hmm. just did more live stuff. And then and then we ended it literally being like, yeah, we should just write. And I was like, yeah, even just like just for fun, you know, like just write something just for that moment right there. And yeah. like it's never going to be released. It's never going to do. But like it's fun to do that, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah man. It's so fun. I actually over the pandemic, I started doing that way more. I won't. Uh, I I won't mention all the names of the folks I did it with, but mm -hmm. like some artists that I look up to immensely, and um, we got online to do some some fun co-writes, and it wasn't yep. even like it was just like people were hungry for that again, and nobody could get together because it's like oh I got a family, you yeah. shouldn't come over, I don't think, and you're yeah, like that's fair, COVID, I don't think yeah. I did. So weird. all of it was online, man. And I had some great 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 writing sessions with um you know some good friends, some new okay. folks that I met, um and like even for the first time you you're sort of maybe met at a show a couple of times, but then like actually sitting down for it on, on a call. And yeah. then still, still like some songs that I wrote through all that stuff. And I don't know, man, there was probably like 20, 30, 40 songs that um, I wrote through those co-writes and none of them are. Yeah. Doing anything nothing. with it, right? There's nothing yeah, with it's, them. Ah, it's good to just be. And I mean, Hey, that's when you're like, that's honing your skills also, you know, mm -hmm. like some people also don't realize that, it's like songwriting like it's just not it's not something that you just naturally get are good at you know like There's sure you might have a knack for it yeah yeah but like you still have to practice it it's like yeah for me it's like because i've been like a trained like classical musician for i was for a while like i had that discipline of like sit down and practice do your skills and whatever like i do have that kind of discipline of like sit down but like and then I went, okay, but you know, this is the same with writing, right? Where you, you have to sit down and practice writing. And mm -hmm. that, what is practicing writing is writing 30 songs and releasing one of them, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's cool. And it's and it is cool sometimes to just make some art just for the moment and then go, that's, hey, I'm never going to be out. But it's like cool to just have done that with the two of us or with the four mm -hmm. of us or whatever it is. And just kind of create something in the moment even, right? You know what's funny, yeah. man? I just thought of that too. Like, it's weird because you know, I would feel... It, I feel it already creeping in. It's like, okay, let's say, you know, let's we hung out tonight, we wrote a song, and we're fucking loving it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I want to, I want to like, 
put this online, not necessarily as a full release or, okay, I do, but then today we just wrote this idea. I want to yeah. share it around. I'm excited about it. Maybe yeah. I'll post a story about it, but then where does it go from there? It's almost yeah. like, it's almost like you can't, you can't, you can't hang out without and do those sort of things without even trying to, to like feel like you need to share it immediately it's almost like with the yeah. social media of like just hanging out with your friends like maybe you're not even trying to do anything creative it's just like hey you want to hang out tomorrow night it's like yeah it's like let's make some tiktok videos together it's yeah like, for for what Why? Like, just because like, we we're just, hanging out yeah it's it's like, like, this is fucking so people know we're hanging <laughs> it's like uh -huh. the same thing man like i'll go hang with some buddies and write some music and maybe it's just because we're all the same age group we don't necessarily just immediately go you know we're all around 30 we don't just go immediately to be like let's record this and put it on our stories and let's yeah. make some posts about it let's finish mm -hmm. this up we just sort of think about we're just like all right we're here together this is fun we're writing music we really love the music but our first instinct isn't to be like all right everybody yes. get your phones let's share this. oh i know yeah i'm i'm so terrible at social media like i i i use it in the sense that like i creep other people but i rarely ever post which is terrible as like someone who is in the <laughs> arts i know that i'm bad at it and i know that it's not good to be bad at it but like yeah i'm just terrible at it but yeah no it's never ever my first like my wife and i have like like we've been together for and i mean including like us dating before we were married mm. like eight years and we have like seven photos yeah. together you know what i mean like because i'm never like i know I, i'm never somewhere like we go do something that's so cool some people just like the entire time they think i've never have that thought of like oh i gotta take a photo of this now you know what i mean i'm yeah. just like oh, i'm just doing this in a moment right now yeah which there's is something so special. fun there is something special and like it's also kind of cool being like that was just for us like i had it at one yeah. point with um with uh dakota mill bass player dan um he came over because he at one point moved really close to where we were in hamilton and he came over and one night we just like, and like I said, he is predominantly a guitar player. He plugged his guitar in and I sat at the piano and we just kind of like vibed off of each other basically where like we kind of went, ah, this is maybe a bit of a chord progression that we'll like base it off of. And then we just started playing it and then you kind of feel out where the music goes, when, when you're building and coming back down and some one of you will even throw in a different chord or a different note and then like even that like i was essentially i think we did it for like maybe 10 or 15 minutes straight of us just playing music and feeding off of each other and like that is writing right like Fuck that yeah, is writing music mm -hmm. because it didn't exist before we just did it and yeah. but we did it then and that was played and it never has been repeated and it's kind of cool too to just be like we wrote something and like sure I was, we were in my studio and I could have hit record and we could have probably, if we wanted to, been like, oh, Dan and I just did a cool jam, release it on, but we didn't. And it's like also kind of cool to just be like, that was our moment, that was you know, that, and like, that was actually a night that we really kind of bonded as well. Right. So yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's something weird about, uh, always trying to be on the precipice of mm -hmm. promoting yourself that you yeah. almost get blinded to or you almost like that antenna thing i was talking about you almost like fuck with it a little bit you mm -hmm. you kind of you know put some muzzle on it where it like you're focused on too many things you don't realize like oh yeah shit i you know i i want to release some good music i just yeah. I, you know i've been learning piano for a year and why why aren't my songs hitting it's like yeah well, you gotta think you gotta work it out like exactly. a muscle like if yeah. you if you worked out when you're 15 and now you're 35 it's <laughs> yeah. like it's not gonna go as good yeah. as, you yeah, as exactly. it used to it's like you gotta songwriting or 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 
producing, listening to music, yeah. mixing, like those yeah. things are those things are your yeah. your uh, your ear muscles. Yeah, and it's like it's funny too cuz like especially with mixing, like mixing is a big one where like I listen to music differently than most people. Mm-hmm. And like I've had a couple of these moments with Brayden specifically, uh, you know, obviously cuz we live together where we would listen to a new record or something and like I just hear different things than he would. Like, I listen to it differently than he would because, like, I've trained my ears over the years to listen for things and listen to music a certain way that you're almost, like, dissecting it. Yeah. And then, you know, he might... Yeah, it's just like you're listening for different stuff. So I might go, oh, like that was so cool that how that reverb tail like did that thing. And it's like most people don't even most people hear it and then it's cool, but they don't know why it's cool. And I don't know. It's like you have to train your way to listen to to listen to it a certain way to be able to then reproduce that. And yeah, you know, yeah, mixing is also practicing. Like my first mixes sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Listen back <laughs> like, now, I'm yeah. like, oh, I actually got paid. For, like, if, I wouldn't have paid for that. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like shit. And then, but then you practice and you do it over and over again. Like, same with pr- producing and engineering. Like, mm-hmm. the first thing I recorded by myself, like, I actually have a couple of the sessions of like when I was in high school and like I was saying earlier, just experimenting period one, two, and three and in the school studio sounds terrible yeah but like that was the foundation of like the me then going to audio school and practicing every being at the studio every day learning every day and then you get better at it right absolutely that's very much so like a thing in in absolutely in music as well it's it's an easy thing to say but uh, when it comes down to it it's weird because only you are responsible like if you're on a in a band Mm -hmm. or if you're on a, a team or whatever it is Maybe there's some other things that are like, you know, hey, where are you this morning? Or where yeah, are you? Do yeah. we, we need you here. But at the end of the day, like, because I've been in bands where each part has been delegated, where it's yeah. like, you know, you're the drummer, you drum, you're the keys player, you play keys. And then we come together and we write a song together. And that can work harmoniously. Like that Definitely. band Harbor yeah. I was telling you about earlier, yeah. man, they're fucking so damn good. Like, it's such good shit that... But it's also cool to know that it's like, but when you listen to it, it's like fully pop produced, but you can feel the life. Another band is like the Brook and the Bluff. Oh yeah. You showed me those guys. I really like those guys. There's just, there's like a different life to it than Mm -hmm. a, uh, than a Justin Bieber pop song. Yeah. Neither one is better or worse, depending who you ask. Like, of course I have my opinions there, but I I fucking love both of them, but there's just something about the Harbor and Brook and the Bluff stuff, like those realms that Mm -hmm. it's just cool that each part seems like it's its own entity yeah and that's a hard thing to achieve if you're writing sure. it all on your own yes definitely. If you're, or if you're trying to do that there are right? few people that are able to do that really really well yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i mean that's what i was saying earlier with like collaboration is important man yeah and like and also going like sure i can play that instrument but am i the best person to do it right probably not you know yeah. what i mean like the, and again there's a reason that producers exist there's a reason that engineers exist can i record this album by myself yeah, probably. But will an audio engineer do it a lot better? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, when, when all the elements work, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, too. If you're not, if you're not the best guitar player the best keys player maybe you're not the best singer like that's fine yeah. I think you can still make literally world-class music if you have um, access to the right I guess producer, somebody who can yeah. just sort of or the right people. Like I had coaching. it with, like I was saying, where like luckily we were able to get Eric to play some of the slide parts. Because like, sure, I can play slide guitar, but right. like, I'm not a slide guitar player. And like Eric studied guitar at university, you know what I mean, or at college or whatever, whatever Humber is. 
Um, so I played a solo on a song and it sounds decent, but again, like I'm, I'm just a guitar player, but learning it myself, I played it. And then I go to a person like Eric and I go, Hey, this is the main idea of what I was feeling like. Cause I do know what I want the solo to do. I, I know I wanted to kind of go up here and like kind of stay down there or whatever. And then I go, that's the idea. What do you reckon? Yeah. And then he does something and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I fucking <laughs> meant. You know what I mean? Like, and that I think is really what is an eye opening. And that's when a lot of people that haven't worked, haven't collaborated in the past and then they do. And then they have that moment where like, oh, but that's exactly what I wanted. And it was like that, that's why that person exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with session musicians, like they can bring your ideas out or producers or whatever. Like you, I kind of wanted some, but I wasn't sure. And like, I was maybe thinking this and they go, oh, like maybe something like this. And you're like, yeah exactly that <laughs> it's weird it's weird to put importance on like being connected because mm-hmm. in a world that's oh, like yeah, endlessly connected yeah. and and constantly connected it's yep. funny that there's almost more solid solitude now than ever in the fact that you're like there's so much noise i don't know i don't know where to go or i don't know if i can even reach out to this person or like i don't know so like uh, with that being said how would somebody let's just say you know because you do a lot of producing and mm-hmm. you're you're starting to get more into like taking on your own stuff in similar aspects of what you do to Dakota Mail. Maybe not so much invested where you'd be like, I'll tour with you and shit, yeah, but yeah. I'll at least, you know, whatever whatever um, services you provide in, in whatever scope those may be. But at least in general, it's like, you know, producing songs and helping out. How would you recommend that somebody like reach out to you? Would you take something that's like uh, a voice memo with the song that you enjoy? And you're like, I can see the potential in this voice memo. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Come in. Let yeah, me record definitely. you. I mean, I, I'd say that's definitely the first step. Like I've had it before as well, where, you know, someone reaches out and is like, oh man, I'd, I'd love to work with you. And like, yeah, the first thing I go is like, okay, well, what are you working on right now? Do you have anything I can listen? Because it's also for me to kind of catch a vibe, right? Because like, depending on what genre, it is, like I'm fortunate enough to have dabbled in a lot of different genres. So generally when whatever is sent, like I can go, okay, yeah, I I can definitely do something with that. But without hearing it first, you can't just blindly be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So yeah, you want to get an idea and uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, for for me personally, I would say contact me, uh, go to my website, joeydenbutter.com. Um, you can find my contact info there. I'm trying to be better at social media. So I would say like, go to my Instagram or something. You can definitely message me on my, my personal Instagram, but I am currently in the process of making maybe a more mm. kind of like artist one or whatever you want to call it. So in the future, uh, you can, you would be able to find me on there as well. Um, but yeah, Joey Denbutter is the name. If you type it in, it's a pretty unique last name. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be able to find me probably, but, uh, yeah, contact me and, um, yeah, we'll just chat about kind of what for me, it's always like, it's always feeding off of the other person because again, like I, I always find it very important to like not lose what it is that you're working with. And, mm. and that's where I'd go like, show me what you have so far and, and let's build off of that. Maybe, maybe they come and say, oh, I actually kind of have a little bit of a demo with like you were saying with some, with a kind of some fake drums or some, I, I play a little bit of piano, but I kind of wanted it to be a bit bigger. I love getting that even because then I go, okay, I can take your piano part and, build off of it and because i am a piano player now it sounds like a because pi- i can tell yeah. when when a guitar player plays a piano because yeah. they play a piano like a guitarist yeah right? i know exactly now, what you mean yeah exactly right <laughs> it's like so now i'm gonna play it like a pianist and all of a sudden mm-hmm. that person that goes oh yeah that's what i wanted right and then yeah so you know send whatever you have and i've definitely worked in a situation where 
sometimes I just engineer, you know, it's a full bent. We've already got everything written and sure I'll give my input and pointers or whatever. But, and then I've also worked in situations where I've worked in a lot of situations where it's like, I have a acoustic guitar and I have the song written and that's it. And yeah. I have a song written and here's the, yeah, like a voice note or, or even sometimes where I'm like, come in and play it for me and then mm. we'll play it. And then we kind of do a little scratch track or whatever, record something quickly and then kind of build off of that. So there's definitely different approaches, but just yeah. contact me and let's, uh, I always think the first thing is to let's get a conversation going, get to know you, see if we vibe well, because that's like we mentioned earlier too. Like it's so you have to be comfortable with who you're working with. And, you know, I've, I've also been in a situation where, it doesn't work out that well yeah. and when you're already in the studio and that's when there's money involved also yeah. and they're unhappy and you're unhappy because it can be both ways it can be either me giving suggestions and them saying no to everything and then i'm like well why the fuck did you hire me you yeah. know what i mean yeah or you know the other way around where they like what they expect was something else from what they're receiving and then they're unhappy. So yeah, it's also, I think important to just like strike up a conversation, see what you want, see what, what you're you looking need, yeah. for. And then I'll say like, this is what I've done in the past. And, and you know, yeah, let's, I, but for me, I love working on new things, like whatever it is. I love working on all genres, all, all different stuff. I engineer, I produce and I mix. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's important Hit to make, up. distinguish that, um, <laughs> that a, a producer and an audio engineer are different. Jobs. Are different. <laughs> they, they, they you can kind be both, of overlap. But, yeah. They overlap a lot. But and they're like, different. Yeah. You know, like even like, like Gavin Brown, who I worked with at Noble Street was a producer He's sure he would know how to probably engineer a bit, but mm -hmm. he is much more of a producer right. than his engineer, Lenny DeRose, is an engineer. And sure, he could probably give some production tip. But then you also have like the hybrid people, right? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. I kind of started out as an audit, as an engineer. For, for like me, for example, like I started out as an engineer, like being at the studio, going to audio school as an engineer. And like, but then I'm like, but I also play all these instruments. So mm. I can very much do both and be the best at both but you know it's yeah it depends on person to person i would yeah. say with that yeah but well, it does overlap a lot a lot yeah. of it overlaps yeah. and that's a cool thing too because you do you know with that being said you do you know you shred keys mm -hmm. you shred guitar you shred you. vocals you know you play a bunch of other different darling. instruments on that too <laughs> but it's like for someone like me i know you as a friend so if mm -hmm. i were to, if i were to try to let me try to just delete that mm -hmm. for a second here in my head <laughs> and I hired you now. Let me as help you. An, I <laughs> fucking hate you, you. <laughs> and I deleted you. And yeah. so now I'm hired you as a uh, as a audio engineer. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, it's like you know maybe maybe we started talking about the keys a little bit. Yeah. And it's like you know you yeah. just you still you, have you know that. Route, my, right? Yeah. You know my philosophy very much is as well is like I can do all these things and I can either do all of them. Or none of them. Mm -hmm. And I think this was actually like the first time that you and I really, really played music together is when I played guitar for you for your show. Mm -hmm. And I remember like telling you and you're like, oh, that's so great. Like I was like, I will like, I'll play as much as you want or as little as you want. I'll play on because I remember you had like your buddy Ty who played on a couple of them. I was like, yeah, like, if he wants to play guitar, that's totally cool with me. Like yeah. I will do whatever you want me to do. I can do all of these things. Like I can offer all of these services and you can either hire me for all of them or for none of them. Like, you don't have to work with me if you don't yeah. want to. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? But yeah, I'm essentially always of the opinion of like, this is what I can do. And 
whatever you need me for. I'm always there to just facilitate the song. And that's, I, th- I just think that's very, very important to like really know, to not overdo it, to not underdo it and be like, I will provide whatever service you need. Yeah. yeah, I think you're the perfect person for it too. Somebody who oh, plays thanks. a bunch of the instruments. Yeah, it's handy and like Just it's very. Songs. I'm, I, it's been handy in situations where I've like been been like subs for people in, yeah. in bands where just like. You know, I, I sub obviously with you. I, I played guitar, but then I remember afterwards, you were like, oh, I "Might I actually use you for keys for something else?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, whatever you want, you right?" Just slide so, around, man. Yeah. It's really, really. I cool. remember back in the day in uh, in high school, going to church. Like uh, I was playing in the church band, and uh, it was the same. It was like I was so convenient for them to be like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, our our drummer <laughs> isn't here today or something." And then you know, I would uh, I would just play drums that week or yeah. whatever, right? So and just as yeah. a songwriter too, and then some, mm-hmm. you know, you you kind of have all the the parts. Yeah. together that it's like it's so awesome to work with you on anything because you oh, have you. and and also you have a, a ability to separate yourself from like having all that knowledge and, and thinking that you're like i'm always right yeah no yeah that's <laughs> the other thing right like and i mean sure i've probably been in situations where oh, i have, have overstepped out oh, you know have, like it's man. that's where it's I'm still learning too. I'm not saying that what I can do right now is like will be the shit forever. Like I'm, st- I'll probably look back on the where I'm right now in a year and go like, oh my god, why did I used to do that? Right? Yeah. It's like, you're always learning, but of you're course. always evolving. But yeah, I think it's, I this is actually one thing I really noticed at the, at the, uh, at Noble Street b- because I was exposed to so many like top top artists and also session musicians. The ones that were the best. Gen- not always but generally were the ones that are like oh yeah i, I kind of play drums and then like i remember this guy it was like oh yeah like yeah i played uh, you know it's, it's fun like i, I super like doing <laughs> it shreds. and he sat down and i was like holy fucking shit dude like what <laughs> where did that come from you know like that's that was really the most impressive ones is when they and those were the best ones because i, it, I always think it comes down to like if you already think you're the shit, then there's nothing to practice for, right? Yeah. If you already think you're the greatest guitar player in the world, why would you practice? You're already shit. Yeah. If you think like, I'm pretty good, but like, you know, I can always learn more, um, which that's always the philosophy that I try to have is like, you can always learn more about whatever. Like I'm not even close to scratching the surface with knowing everything about engineering and producing and, and all the instruments that I play, whatever. You know, that's when you go, there's always something to learn. That's when you're going to keep evolving as an artist, as a producer, as a whatever. And, yeah. you know, I think that's an important uh, mindset to have for sure. I, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect fucking, that's the perfect way On to end this. that bombshell. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that is a perfect way to end this. Yeah. We awesome. can, I could talk to you till Literally, to and I have tomorrow, verbal but... diarrhea. This is probably already like a fucking hour and a half long, but yeah. No, <laughs> no it's perfect, man. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for jumping on here. Reach yeah, out to Joey if... Um, you have any producing or or voiceover stuff, whatever audio touch-ups yeah. you need, um, reach out to Joey Studio. And right now you've got that just at your website. What's yeah, your go website? to my website, joeydenbutter.com, nice. D-E-N-B-U-T-T-E-R. So yeah, joeydenbutter.com. Reach out to me there. Or, you know, if you want to just find me on Instagram too, like I've just... I'm I'm building the the professional one, but you got I got my personal one for now too. You can yeah. reach out, reach out, or contact Hunter if you know him, and he can give me. <laughs> I'll send he can you. can give you right. my phone number and uh, whatever. So <laughs> I'll yeah. give you. I'll I'm give, easy to get a hold of. I'll give your address yeah. out. Or my email is Joey at denbutter.com. You can email me too. It's oh, a very yeah. easy uh, email to remember. So yeah, well, hit dude, me up, dude. Let's do another one of these. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, anytime, anytime, man. Man. All right, sweet. Thanks for listening, folks, and uh, let's get another one.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Joey. You can check out all of Dakota Mills' music online wherever you're streaming. And remember, there are new episodes of this podcast going up every other week, so I'll be back again with a new guest in two weeks. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>